think we have uh is that Hassan there? It is Hassan. Hello Hassan. Uh, Hi guys. Did you notice I voted for you on Hamza's den? Thank you, I appreciate that. I've just started following you all you guys on Twitter. So oh, yeah, nice. it's uh, <laughs> good to interesting tweets. It's good. Great. Uh, so, uh, was, there, was there anything you wanted to ask first, or should I just uh, no, no, start you, talking? You, yeah, you put your position forward or your objection or oh, you know, just whatever really quick, Let me ask you, are you a moral realist or moral non-realist? I'd say I'm a moral re uh, realist or relativist, I'd say. Um, so what I would say is... So you're a moral uh, realist or moral relativist? So this relativist. is the thing. So moral relativism... Some people do argue it's a moral realist position. Yeah. Others would argue that it's a moral non-realist. Sure. So there's a bit of nuance, but obviously if he's, if he's saying he's holding it as a moral realist, I'm guessing at that point you're saying that um, you're going to hold the claim that things are good and that it is the case that something is good insofar as a society or sure. some sort of but community. Maybe if I just explain, yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, firstly, what you said, uh, uh, Sharif, what you said earlier about, um, you know, um, if this Islam is true, but, you know, I could still, uh, based on criteria, I can still find Islam immoral, even if it is true. Um, uh, so that, that's one That's one factor. And uh, the other thing is you say, you know, you, you talk about what a God, uh, what a God says. Well, you know, I'd say, firstly, none of us actually know whether a God exists or whether what a God would say, because all we know is what people say a God thinks. So, we just we have these people's interpretations, uh, which could or could not be true. Um, but then I think you only touched you touched partially on the youth repro dilemma, um, you know. And I'm presuming, uh, you know, as the Muslims, you follow the divine command theory. So, uh, you know, would you say so? Something is good because God says it's good. Is that what you'd say? Uh, I would say that's. Well, not I, I want to I want to first ask about the first thing you said, Hassan, is that um, you can they say something true while being immoral okay i mean there's no contradiction there but um what do you mean like immoral by, by what what standards both because the standard i use is well-being so um um i can still find okay so if i if i use a different standard that means islam for me could be moral it could be so what you're saying is islam can be true and from different perspectives based on different contexts different people yes, can find yeah, it either moral yeah, or yeah. immoral yeah fine. exactly yes if it's true and your uh your moral um standard as well-being you could find it immoral if you subscribe to the divine command theory um and it's true then you could find it easily moral so i know but um, but you see if divine command theory is true you see the problem is if so if you're a relativist and you're saying that you can find it immoral right and from your relativist view that would that would be uh, immoral however uh, you you must grant that the possibility that relativism is not true right and if there is is a real you know um, objective like fact of the matter about what is right and wrong and it's not merely relative then um then uh, what's it called um then then your relativist view is kind of self-defeating because well then it's trumped by the objective fact of the matter and you're simply wrong so your moral view would be wrong and the okay. objective well, fact of the matter about what I mean, because because hypothetically, you need to grant for the sake of argument to critique the view that if it were true, right, that there were an objective fact of the matter, that is, there is a true fact of the matter about moral judgment that is 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 independent of your opinion and mine, then your opinion about it being immoral would be false. It's just so we can disagree, but there's a right answer. So we can disagree about something in science, 
but there is one correct answer. There might be one correct answer. Now, the, the point here is that if there is one correct answer, objectively in the world, in the scientific view, well, if I think the world is flat, it doesn't matter. In that same way, if yeah. you think Islam is immoral, but there is a correct fact of the matter about whether it is moral or immoral, then, then your view doesn't really matter. It's wrong. It's not just that well, it doesn't matter, show, it's, it doesn't it's wrong. Yeah, but forget about me having to show it, you'd get, yeah. Because you say whether it's true, well if it's true. So for, stump, for example, you know, if you, you, know, you follow divine command theory, so you go by whatever it says in the Quran. So, you know, if, if, if the Quran said it's okay to kill babies, would you be okay with that? Uh, no, uh, no, that does, it doesn't no, say no. that. But then no, no, you're, no, you're saying, you're saying that's not what I asked. Yeah, my, 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 yeah. So listen, listen. My, you're, what you're asking is so. This I, I'm, I'm putting forward a, a view where I'm saying, well, God is the source of morality, and He's the source of goodness. And what that means is that, for example, part of what it means is that killing is wrong. And you're saying. Well, what if it meant something else? Well, then you're just changing the definition. That's not that's not good, no, right? No, so no. it would. What no, do you mean, well, okay. no, no. Okay, what I'm are saying you familiar is... with modified divine command theory? Because you're um, looking, you're go, you're looking at absolute divine command theory where it's a bit, it's, it's, it's kind of radical, and we wouldn't just, we wouldn't agree with where, uh, like, like Muslim, for example, dilemma. grant that it's possible. The Euthyphro dilemma is a false, a false dilemma. So, uh, like, so <laughs> a proper dilemma would be a case of A and not A, right? Right. So if I, if I tell you something is either A or not A, that's necessarily true. That's a, that, that, that's a true dichotomy, as in it's either this or that. Yeah. But if I tell you it's either A or B, well, it can be C. Right. So yeah. if you say so, so you say it's either that it, it's arbitrary or it depends on an external standard. Yeah. Th that's A or B. That's not a case of A and not A. Yeah. Yeah. So it so doesn't have to be either this or that. Yeah. Okay. Well, because I mean, because obviously the two the two choices that I'm aware. So either God commands it because it's good, um, in which case whatever God says is moral is moral. So you're then you still have to answer the question. Well, if God said it's moral, it's okay to kill children. Would you agree that it's moral to kill children? So I'm saying where... it's metaphysically impossible for God to say it's moral okay, to kill okay. children. Okay. So in which case, you're so saying would you if, say that... if it's lo it's logically consistent, you're saying it's just there's a logical consistent state of affairs where God could say that killing children is moral, I'm not considered with the logical possibility. So, because when okay. you talk about if, if if something happens, you're basically talking about like a, a counterfactual or a, a modality, right? And you're the, the broad logical sense, as in it's just conceivable for that to happen, is is not, it's not very helpful. Uh, well, the, the, where it is helpful, like like the Ash'adi, the Ash'adi divine command theorist would, wouldn't just say that it's just logically possible for God to say that. It's actually metaphysically possible in the sense that it's it, it, it's really just arbitrary, right? Now, you're not critiquing my view now because I don't think it's metaphysically possible for God to say that. So, so, so you're saying it's conceivable. Okay. It's conceivable. A, lot, a bunch of things are conceivable. Uh, um, Ihsan, yeah, but, and of uh, course, and, you know, if you come up with hypothetical situations, you can still give an answer even if you don't think it's exactly. Yeah, but then you see, if, no, if it was if it sorry, was good sorry, for well-being, if it yeah. Sorry, really quickly, Abdul. Hassan, I don't think you're quite understanding what Abdurrahman is saying. I think you're trying to say he's that... Saying, he's Abdurrahman, saying it's not possible. No, he, so he's saying what's not possible, sorry. He's saying it's not possible for that command to uh, to, to be made by God if God isn't why? inherently good or something. Uh, why? Because why? if you assume that God... Well, if you assume God is inherently that? good... Right. But that, that's, that's so he's saying he's, he said. Defining, so he's... he's defining the moral act as evil... 
he's saying God therefore doesn't command evil, yeah, being the grounding of morally good acts and morality. So therefore God could not say this counterfactual no. statement. Yeah. So therefore it's not it's like saying could God create a squared circle for Abdurrahman? Obviously that's a logical impossibility, but he's saying that it's a metaphysical impossibility analogous. Yeah. I'm not saying whether God could say something evil. I'm saying if God could say, give a command, so, so that to us not... would appear evil. So no, Abdurrahman's position, Abdurrahman's position, you're trying to say Abdurrahman's position is this radical divine command theory, and he's not holding that particular position. What you're now saying is modifying it, which is a good question, which is if it perceived to be evil for us. Yeah? Yeah. So then the question would become, well, why do we perceive it as evil? Is it a yeah. guttural okay. reaction? Okay. Yeah, so this is the, the, the whole Khitr um, so, incident where he kills the, the young boy. So I share the intuition of Musa and of probably every atheist, or nearly every atheist that reads that story, and even other theists who read that story. Um, you, you look at the Bible as another example, um, um, Musa uh, commands the killing of an entire village of people, including women and children, etc. And like our, even Christians would react to that yeah. in a negative way. I've, I've heard Christians say that they don't like reading the Old Testament because of these kind of stories. Um, sure, sure. So I, I, I would admit, if such a thing was commanded, I would have the same reaction that you would have. I would feel yeah. that it would be wrong. But the question is, is, yeah. is it? Yeah. Okay. So if you, yeah, and so then you've got you to say, now, for me, I'm not. Anything. One sec, one sec. So for me, sure. I'm, I'm not just this, like, I'm, I'm not completely Ashari in the sense that I, I don't think it's just simply saying that something is good because uh, God says it is independently of any reason. I I hold that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's wisdom and his knowledge and his justice all play a part in what he dictates to us as being good and evil. And I say, because one of the things is obviously people would then say, well, if you're picking the other horn, you're saying that these reasons are independent of Allah. I would say they're not. They're a part of Allah's essence. Like his knowledge isn't independent of him. His wisdom isn't independent of him. His yeah. justice isn't independent of him. All of these yeah. are essential attributes, attributes of, him, yeah. of his yeah. essence. And so yeah. this, these, whatever... Um, okay, so... However these... I've nearly finished. Um, when, however these relate to his divine law, um, it, it doesn't follow that simply because he has reasons or he has motivations or wisdom, etc., connected to this, um, that we don't need God to come to these conclusions. Because at the end of the day, I am not all-knowing. I am not the most wise. I am not the most just. And so I... Just simply pointing out that Allah has reasons for doing something, for example. Yeah, exactly. So, it doesn't follow so from that that I can get to the same conclusions as Allah, which is something that when people put forward the Euthyphro dilemma, they try to say, well, either it's arbitrary or we don't need God anyway because it's quote unquote independent of Him. But I, I would hold that simply because there are reasons, it doesn't mean they are independent of Him. There are attributes contained necessarily within His essence, not external to it, not independent from Him. And that we have no way of traversing th those um, paths that are necessary to come to the right conclusions, yeah. whereas he so, is because of the attributes that he obtained. 
Okay, so you're saying that because of his knowledge and his attributes and his wisdom and justice and everything now, um, and his innate nature, so, so whatever he says, you're going to consider a good to be a good command. I'm going to have a trust in him that he's given me the best possible option. Yeah. 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 Okay. So if he, if he asks command, you to yeah. kill a child, would you consider that to be the best possible command based on what you've said? Yeah, but Hassan, the problem is, is that you're you're asking a question which doesn't exist for us. No, well, it even, could no, exist. But this is Khidr. This is Musa. Could, I would I would react. Yeah. So no, Hidr, no, if you give the example of Khidr, no, but it's it's incredibly. You've given it. This is a diff, totally different scenario. That's what I'm saying. So no, but how, saying, how can you? Is, we, but we have we. Have, what Abdurrahman and Yusuf and myself will probably, and say what Abdurrahman specifically, and Abdurrahman can maybe jump in as well, he's going to say is this. He's going to say, look, God commands based upon his nature of goodness. Yeah. Now, as human yeah. beings, we have within ourselves our desire to be morally good. Would you agree with that? Uh, by and large, yes. Yeah. So yeah. the way we can ground the two is to say that the desire to perform goodness from a human perspective is because God has granted us that capacity or that desire, that innate state, yeah? Because God is good as well. And so therefore any laws, yeah, that we are commanded to follow is to exemplify that moral goodness, yeah? So this idea yeah. of saying, you know, what if you're commanded to kill a child? Well, we have the Sharia, we know what it is, yeah, before us. And therefore, we adhere to that. And we also have stories of Abraham, Ibrahim, Islam, and Khidr, Islam, and Musa, Islam, in which we talk, we have these particular stories, yeah. and there are they, they're very specific. Yeah, they're not generalized. They're not general rules. They're very qualified and specific, and they're based upon God's greater reasoning, greater wisdom, and therefore you can't call them immoral. Yeah, so okay. I'm, now, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's moral. I'm oh. saying if you're saying everything he says is moral, then whatever he says is going to be moral according to your definition. So that's fine. So yeah, but, but the, the hypothetical. So it's yes. Hassan, It's just as unfair as me asking you. Like, so so you're you're talking about well-being, right? True. And that's uh, clearly what well-being is going to depend on some kind of subjective basis. So if sure. let's say for you, well-being meant just you know going out there and like killing every baby you come came across. I mean, it's not an objective thing. Well, you'd have, to, like, you'd have well to prove that did increase well-being. Yes, the problem is how can you prove anything to do with well? It's a value judgment. Well-being is a value judgment. How and can you objectively? How can you? How can you, from a third-person perspective, right, objectively show me that this thing is valuable? And so that you're giving it this value that it increases well-being. You can say that something that personally uh, satisfies your desire increases well-being. And now you're talking about well-being of the collective. Well, what does that mean? Like if, well, the most amount of people are yes. happy, they happen to be in happy state. So, well, everybody could collectively be in a state of ecstasy, uh, ecstasy from bringing like a, 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 a number of babies and eternally torturing them. And the most amount of people will be happy. Would that be Probably. moral for you, Ehsan? I mean, these, the thing no, is, that would, these, that would, these, you'd have to, whatever it is, you'd have to prove that it improved well-being. And, and sometimes well-being yeah. isn't clear. Sometimes... You You're not understanding me. I'm telling you, you can't prove your basis for well-being now. So how are you proving right now whatever your basis for morality is? Okay. Uh, well, I mean, how are you proving no, it? I did say I did say well-being, so you can look at. Um, you know, no, tell me what you mean by well-being. It's just not enough. I'm I can say well-being too. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm explaining it. So uh, things like uh, prosperity, health, 
um, happiness, free from pain, free from suffering, uh, free from disease. These are types of things I can uh, I can look into, and uh, things change. What 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 we define as causing well-being changes according to uh, time and further discoveries. We can find something to be harmful, and so um, make it illegal. We can realize that something isn't harmful, and so make it legal. Um, and, yeah. So uh, is that is that an practice. absolute is that an absolute standard? Like for example, again, it's not. so you're talking about health, right? So if hypothetically, what made the most number of people out there uh, healthy, you know, in good health, right? And yeah. uh, you know, whatever other factors you mentioned, uh, was to do something like uh, take advantage of a uh, you know marginal uh, uh, community, for example. And just like torture them for an eternity and enslave them, and that increases well-being. Would that be moral for you? Well, wouldn't you? You'd have to show that it increased well-being for everybody. So that yeah, yeah. The what do you mean? I have to show? I'm, it's a hypothetical, well, because, brother. Yeah, no, I'm saying, hey, listen, you, you're asking, you're telling me, you're telling me, if God, if yeah, so okay, so you'd have to show that God would order that killing of the killing of babies is okay. You're giving me a hypothetical, no, no, no. so I have to assume, like I have to assume it's true. So you need to assume that my hypothetical. So, so assume it is the case yeah. that torturing babies increases the well-being of the larger collective. Just assume that. Forget about showing it, because in the same way, I'd have to tell you, you'd have to show that God commanded that. Forget sure. the showing part. Just accept the hypothetical, grant it for the sake of yeah. argument, and tell me if on that basis you would accept that torturing those babies is moral. If you could, if you could show. Whatever the scenario, if you want to say torturing babies, if you can show that torturing babies improves well-being for everybody, then in that case, I would say it's moral. But you, you have mean to show that it's moral. Everybody, including the babies? Everybody, including the babies. So you'd have to show that it improves well-being for everybody first. So I'd have to show that it, includes, it improves well-being for everybody? But yes, that's that's not, what, I, I, the you're not granting the hypothetical. The hypothetical is that what does improve well-being, if well-being is the standard, and here we have a situation where the only thing that can improve well-being is the, uh, you know, the, uh, you, your oppression of a marginal community or a okay. group of babies. Then sure. That's well, the only thing that increases well-being. But it, well but it would increase the, the it, but the majority of people. No, but, so no, but then if, if you say that well if you say that if you say it includes the babies, you're not granting the hypothetical because your standard is what improves well-being, right? And I'm telling you that in this scenario, the only concept of well-being would be related to this, you know, conditional of if these babies are tortured, well-being would increase. It's a silly example. I'm just showing you how silly not, yours I know, is. I know, I know, yeah. I know. It's a yeah. silly example. So the, 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 but I'm the, saying, so the so thing you'd is, have to, yeah. you'd, oh, you know, it's an extreme example because you'd be, you'd, it'd be almost impossible to show that it does increase well-being. But if you did, that's what I'm saying. You'd, you'd have to show that it did improve well-being. So, so let me how is your answer? How is your answer? How is your answer any different than mine? I mean, that's not my my answer. So, so, so first exactly. of all, this is my answer. So we're coming at it from different ends. I'm saying if it increases well-being, it's moral. You're saying if God says so, then it's moral. So it's the yeah, same. But, thing, but, but yeah, but I'm saying something extra. No, no, I'm not saying that. So, so okay, would you hold to the idea that it is impossible for the, such a scenario that I put forward to be the case? It, is it impossible? Um, I'd I'd say it's virtually, but I can't think of any situation where it could be possible. 
I'm yes. not saying it's so totally on, impossible. Okay. There might be some extreme scenario, but I can't think of it. Yeah, so 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 Hassan, you have to accept my view as well if you're critiquing my view. On my view, it is metaphysically impossible for the scenario you're putting forward to be true. It's so the the hypothetical is that you know it, it just doesn't take into consideration the necessary attributes of God that we're putting putting forward to you. We're saying that God is necessarily XYZ. And you're saying, well, if he weren't, right? Now this yeah. if, this this if is 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 a bit tricky. Because if we're telling you it's metaphysically necessary for God to be in a certain way, and you're talking about some other possibility, you're not talking about a metaphysical possibility. Because we're on our view, we're all, we in all possible worlds, God is in this particular way, right? So what you're talking yeah. about is a mere thought experiment that's hypothetical and could never be the case. What you have to grant on your view, apart from the fact that logically speaking, the consistent thing in this hypothetical. A, a scenario that's me merely based on a very broad sense of modality, conceivability. It's just conceivable. Uh, yeah, the person who believes in God and God commands such a thing as and God is necessarily good and his commands are arbitrary, yeah, would have to believe that. It's just a logical entailment. But then yeah. now coming back to reality, you need to take seriously the second part of our claim. The second part of our view, which can't fall hostage to whatever you're proposing here, is the fact that what you're uh, uh, proposing as a scenario is metaphysically impossible. It cannot happen. So you have to take that, you have to keep that in mind too. Except if you look at the Bible and if you believe that and there's some other things. That that's, a different, that's, a different, that's a different story, yeah. yeah. That's a different yeah, story. They, here. They right. So have happened. No, 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 no. Well, uh, son, so son, don't shift the goalposts. Before, before you, let me score my goal, as Hatim says. <laughs> before, before you move the goalposts, let me score this goal. And then we can talk about the Quran and the Bible. So you're because because everything you said so far was about this hypothetical, right? About whether yeah. if God's commands are arbitrary, which I'm not even granting you, but I'm saying even if I take the Ashari view, which you're critiquing, which none of us hold sure. to, then even in that case, uh, your 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 uh, critique doesn't apply. Maybe it would to an Ashari view. I don't know if they would say it's metaphysically impossible, but then it is metaphysically impossible on my view. Now, once you acknowledge that. You acknowledge it's metaphysically impossible, so this cannot happen. Then you can bring up a different point, which is unrelated, which is the point you just brought up right now about, oh, hey, but in reality, there were these things that were said that are immoral. You, you get how you're shifting the goalpost there? So yeah, yeah. you understand, Esan, you understand that? We're not, we're not yeah. arguing that God can arbitrarily decide any law and it be considered morally good. We don't believe that that's how God commands law. Yeah and do, uh, establishes revelation so even if we cannot as human beings epistemically know why a particular law has been commanded we have a trust mm. that it comes from an all-knowing all-wise all-good uh, god uh, and therefore we trust the authority of that law yeah so it's not yes, arbitrary yes. in that sense yeah but that's the trust but then you know obviously you can talk about the source of, that came through a man and then there's some and there's, uh, you know, you, there's possibility for it to be corrupted if it was genuinely sent in the first place. So that's, you know, that's a. Uh, uh, yeah, but obviously, that's on, you know, isn't it? We believe that it's preserved, letter for letter. We believe that obviously that there is a uh, a challenge within the Quran. We believe that there's sure, sure. prophecies given yeah, which, by the Prophet which, Muhammad, no. peace be upon him. We believe that. The best explanation to it's limited contingent things. No, they're not unfalsifiable. They were, they were falsifiable. 
yeah, at the time of the Prophet Sallam, because some of these prophecies came true in his lifetime, yeah. We also believe, you know, that contingent realities are best explained by a necessary being with a mind. You know, things like that. I, I think what you your argument would t- tend to be is, well, we just don't know X. And what we're saying, well, you can't know X. Yeah, that's, mm. you know, in the issue right. of a necessary being. But yeah, so just going back, so I will let you now respond to Abdurrahman's particular point if, once you've understood the positions better to go for it. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, no, two things. I understand your positions. Um, obviously, I don't agree uh, that uh, you, you have that divine moral source. Um, I still think it's largely um, man-made. And I, I think currently we could come up with, if we choose well-being, we can come up with a better solution for humanity uh, so, ra- rather than go back. Okay, so let, let's have a look at this issue of well-being then. Um, do you think, uh, so when you say well-being, are you talking about well-being of the majority or all? I'd say well-being of everybody because you've got to include, you've got to include everything. So, uh, you know, you can't have, I would say it's immoral to have slaves because even if um, slaves are the minority, you've got to, um, you've got to take, take them into account. And also if you, there are also these wider ramifications. So if you have a if you have a society where slavery is allowed and you're not one of the slaves, you think you could be happy, but your situations can change whereby you do turn you could become a slave later. And if you're worried that you might become a slave later, that can affect you. Um, and you mentioned to talk about chopping off the hands um, and well, we could we could look into that. So what if a country said it, um, brought in a law saying that insulting the leader results in the chopping off hands? How would you feel about that? Yeah, just before we go into the applied ethics discussion, I just want to talk about your particular uh, normative ethical value system. So when you're saying well-being, you do recognize that certain actions that one human being will do will have an impact upon other human beings, including their well-being. Yes, sure, sure. I mean, we all interact with each other, yes. Right, so would you ban certain things because you think, well, actually this is going to have a negative impact upon other people. Yes, yes, I think this, this, would you this, ban is, alcohol? this comes up a lot. Um, I, I would restrict alcohol. Uh, no, would you I ban, it? ban it? I mean, because this can, um, I wouldn't ban it, no. Uh, because for some Why people, wouldn't you uh, ban it? Would you ban cigarettes? Would I ban cigarettes? Um, I probably would if I had, if I had a right. choice because I could see the, the damage it makes. Okay, and, also, and would you? And you, but you wouldn't ban alcohol. about drugs. But you wouldn't ban alcohol. Why would? So why wouldn't? Yeah. Why wouldn't you ban alcohol? No, I know alcohol causes num- so much more damage than cigarettes. <laughs> you know that you're a GP. How many people yes, are on yeah. vitamin B compound because of liver disease? Yeah, I mean, diazepam because of the stopping the shakes. How many people? Even that, just like the damages that it causes to families is a lot. Exactly as well. What it does, yeah, what, what saying, cigarettes, and the cost that it I'd has on the NHS. I'd restricted a lot more than it was now. I'd restricted a no, lot no, more it's not I mean, restricted. Things... But you, no, but the reason why I son, the reason why no, I, I give the example of cigarette, yeah. the reason why I give the example of cigarettes and give the example of alcohol is that we have a social attitude about cigarettes. The social attitude tends to be that cigarettes is bad, yeah, is evil. That's generally the social attitude. Social attitude yeah. of alcohol is still that it's acceptable. So I think that what you're doing is you're not really using the paradigm of well-being because if you were, you would be consistent and you would say cigarettes should be banned and alcohols should be banned, not limited, not restricted, 
you would say it well, should okay. be banned. Well, I mean, that's, but the reason okay, why yeah. you're not you've not pushed them to that position is because you because of the social attitudes are different between the two. Let me ask you a question then, Esan. Do you smoke cigarettes? No, I don't smoke. Do you drink alcohol? No. So you never drank alcohol, no? You don't drink alcohol at all. I I have drunk alcohol in the past, but socially, and I um, I, I don't drink. You, no, you don't get really teetotal like now. So you teetotal yes. now. So right. would you okay. never drink yeah. again in the future? If you I get a do. really nice taste, right? Okay. Okay. So but do you're, you're not, not do you not think not that's drinking because you think it's wrong because you're you're still open to the possibility an opportunity might arise in which you would. No, I might be open to the possibility of having a cigarette or something. It depends. Um, you know, and some people, uh, you know, it's, some people enjoy it, and if some of these things are done in moderation, you know, I I could do that. I can look, you know. The, some of these things cause harm, so particularly drugs. Uh, the hard drugs can cause it. Uh, cannabis, cannabis, for example, we thought was, we used to think was harmful. Now it's we know it's not as harmful. Um, you know, and there's you know other things like uh, you know, talking about other countries, you have got things like marrying children at a young age. Um, you know, what you ask, what would you, what would you? So, actually, what would you have as the lower age for limit? Uh, lower age limit for getting no, married. No, Before we get onto the discussion about lower age of the limit or anything like that. I'm trying to understand the consistency of well-being because if you yeah. believe that that's your moral criteria yeah, you're, and you apply that to specific incidences, then you're being inconsistent when you're saying you would ban cigarettes but allow alcohol under restrictions. Yeah. At the same time, I think you're being morally inconsistent by saying, well, yeah, I believe it's immoral, but actually I don't mind. Maybe in the future I might drink some alcohol like I did in the past. I just don't like the taste. So your issue yeah. with alcohol is not because it causes, you know, problems with the well-being. Your issue with alcohol it seems does. to be the fact that you don't like the taste. No, no, no. It's, it does cause. That's why I said I would restrict it. No, a lot but of when I first asked you the alcohol. question, when I first asked no, you the I question, asked, do you drink I told you, alcohol? A lot of people do have the odd. A lot of people have just a little bit of alcohol once in a while, and that causes them a bit of pleasure. And doesn't cause their, uh, them any harm, but there are, of course, some people who over who you, uh, abuse it and excessively, and that's what uh, these. Uh, okay. Uh, that's what I'd be looking so, to prevent, rather than outright ban. And also, because you look at example, you had that prohibition well, in the states, and that didn't cause, work. Cigarettes caused, uh, you know, some sort of pleasure for some people with the nicotine, uh, but you would want to outright ban that. Yeah. So okay, let's 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 yeah. go. Let's. So what you're using now is you're not just using health as a criteria, then, are you? For well-being. That's it. I'd say well-being. Yeah, because well-being, health is one factor. So, for example, if you want to stay healthy, which is what a lot of people want to do, then uh, that that can be part of well-being. You know, if however you've if you imagine that you've got multiple sclerosis or some wasting disease, you've only got a few months to live. Um, you know, would you want to? Uh, with that, and if that person wants to smoke or maybe uh, have a bit of alcohol or something else, I'd probably be a bit more, uh, you know, say a bit more forgiving. And also, because if you're, uh, because then moves into the other option of euthanasia, um, because if you, uh, something that promotes health, it promotes well-being, but if, if you've got lots of suffering, then in that case, the same substance that would probably kill you, um, uh, would improve well-being because it ends suffering in those in the in those people who have no hope of recovery yeah but what what i'm so that's of, still well-being what 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 i'm teasing out is this idea that you're not just looking at it from the paradigm of health physical health yeah 
you're looking at things like happiness. You're looking at subjective yeah, notions yeah. of what makes people happy. So now this goes back to what Abdurrahman sort of intimated earlier, where he says well-being becomes a subjective criteria. It's not objective. There's no way of determining what makes one person happy in relation to the effects it has upon other people. In the same way, even yeah. with the objective criteria of health, we know objectively in society that alcohol and cigarettes causes a lot of harm. Yeah, Overall, decreases health for people who smoke and people who are passively smoking in that environment. Yet you wouldn't ban the cigarettes, although you would ban... So you wouldn't ban, you'd ban cigarettes, but you wouldn't ban alcohol, even though alcohol has a greater impact within society. Uh, so yeah. there seems to be some sort of idea that something trumps well, that's... health. And that trumps okay. health uh, is what you're calling happiness. And then what happens is yeah. with this well, idea of happiness is that it becomes you subjective. Liberty. You've got liberty, uh, you know, in, in informed consent. Uh, you know, these people who, uh, if they if they want to withdraw, if they want to partake in a little bit of alcohol, um, that doesn't affect um, uh, doesn't affect other people. Uh, I, you know, that can be done with alcohol. And there, uh, you know, there are maybe some. Health what's the most common? What's the most common mental health problem that you face in your surgery as a GP? Most common mental health is probably depression and anxiety. Right. Okay. Do you think the problem with depression and anxiety is because uh, in liberal secular societies there's too many restrictions? No, I think the main. Um, I mean, a lot of. I mean, so there's a genetic component to depression. There's um, other factors in particular. A lot of it. A lot of people. Um, it's just extreme unhappiness. Um, Mild so, to moderate depression. We're not talking about severe yeah, depression. Yeah, yeah, you know, those, I mean, because uh, there is, there's is, various is studies. There's... there's various studies that have been done that demonstrate that richer societies tend to suffer from mild to moderate depression and anxiety greater than poorer nations. They talk about factors such as family. Yeah, the nature of families have changed. The nature of communities and the way people interact with one another you know, in terms of social groupings mm. has fundamentally changed. The fact that you have problems of too much choice, so you have over-choice, you know, and uh, we know Yusuf, he's had, we had a discussion about that on nihilism, and Yusuf has a course on it. We did talk, yeah. this with, acad with academic, uh, you know, uh, uh, papers and research on this issue of over-choice and its results in anxiety and depression. I mean, there's, there's a the lot case, of people who have problems with if, expectations, if that's yeah. the case, if that's the case, so if these academic uh, papers that says too much choice causes depression, would it be better for the well-being of society to remove the choices or certainly limit the number of choices? Um, if it increases happiness and well-being? I'd, I'd have to see those papers, but um, um, you know, if it does increase, if you're saying there's too much choice and it, and it reduces well-being, uh, and and if you could show that reducing it would increase well-being, then uh, then I'd go for the option that increases well-being. But right. I have to see the patients. So yet. then, so it, what you seem to have is you, you talked about you look at individual liberty, you look at health, you look at happiness. But then there's certain things that are trumping individual liberty. 
there's certain things that trump yeah uh no, no. health i mean you have individual yeah. liberty yeah. but yeah there are things behind it so uh that's for example you'd have hard drugs uh banned because you can't have so even though somebody says they, they want their individual liberty to you know shoot up heroin uh then you've got the, the wider prospect of the fact that uh, people become addicted they need to they commit crime to steal to go and fund their habit and then you've got uh, you know say prostitution rings and uh, and the importation of the drugs and everything and the damage yeah. it does to those countries. and if it so was say, reduced if, it was reduced, if all of those things if all of the prostitution the crime all of this was mitigated by legalizing heroin yeah would uh, therefore you increase well-being would it be okay to legalize heroin opiates You'd have to show that it that was the case. Yeah, and uh, I'm saying by this by this scenario, because some some studies, some people actually claim that if you're going to reduce crime uh, and uh, unhappiness and the the socially that ill effects that's been, that's, of that, hard that some drugs, have been saying, drugs yeah. yeah, that they that is to legalize these ones and to control them and to tax them, because then if you control them and tax them then any funds that are made by the government could go into services and therefore increase... That's what some people have been saying. Well-being. Uh, I've heard some yeah. people say that. But, uh, yeah. So um, I'm just saying, would you, again, would you, you then know, accept I'm being, that? I'm being consistent. You know, I'm being consistent. You'd have, to, you'd have to demonstrate conclusively that it does improve overall well-being. Well, you're first. never going to... This is the problem. problem is, is that you can't demonstrate these things conclusively because you're talking about something that's fundamentally subjective, which is human happiness. No. And you seem to be using human happiness as a paradigm or as the the framework by which you qualify health yeah and you also right, qualify I, and you ha qualify happen, human individual happiness freedom. is a subset of health so you're talking about other things i mean happiness is a subset of uh of but it's a health, subjective so. it's a very it's a very subjective it's, it's certainly is subjective that can affect I mean, that, that's, one that's and that, and therefore what happens is that what 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 makes one person happy over another person's happiness they're fundamentally they can fundamentally differ between the two yeah and yeah, so that's what why one person does and what one person can yeah and what one person does can have a direct or indirect effect upon other people yeah exactly so what so you, you need to look at so what you create together. so what but this is the pro the problem that i'm saying that you have is you have a a basis by which you're trying to adjudicate what's morally right and morally wrong that very basis sure. itself is subjective it's immeasurable it you, it, there's a problem of quantifying it there's going to be a problem of quantifying it in an objective analysis sure. Which... and then the, the the third aspect of it is is that because we know subjectively that or relatively that people's happiness differs from each other in terms of what makes them happy and we know that their interactions can affect each other and sometimes adversely that there is no rubric and no par no no mechanism by which you can use well-being as a satisfactory way to develop objective moral facts about how you can you can, you can get, you can get a good you can get an indication of well-being there may be some gray areas but overall uh, you can get but, well, good, we've already um, discussed the gray areas we, so, we discussed... so if i just say you yeah yeah, I mean, they say there are obviously grey areas. It's like what we said with cannabis being banned and then being legalised. It's not been shown to be as bad. So, I mean, if I, you know, if I said to you, well, would you like to see um, amputation for theft become law here? Yeah. You would, even if yeah. most people go against it. Yeah. Okay. What about beheading? Would you like to see 
public beheading in the UK? Well, I, there's no particular rules in regards to public beheading within the Sharia. But would you like to see beheading as a punishment here? <laughs> no, I'm just in saying the that from the Sharia, from the Sharia perspective, there is no particular ruling related to beheading and punishment of beheading. Okay. Well, what about if I just said more broadly, death penalty? Yeah. Would you like to see the death penalty in the UK? Yeah. Okay. What about blasphemy? Would, would you, you say... would you would you like <laughs> would you like to see the legalization of incest marriage in the UK? Oh, like God. mother, you mother, mother incest. <laughs> oh, oh that that's a bad question. Now now we're off, right? So no, but you, Hassan, no, I don't understand. Question. You keep asking these questions. Question. You know, you know is Hassan. The reason <laughs> the reason Abdurrahman's right about asking his question. But what and Yusuf already addressed this at the very uh, in the, in our little introduction discussion, which is that what atheists tend to do is they tend to present shock factor, you know. Oh, would you want sure. X rule, you know, knowing that X rule contradicts a liberal secular standard or a particular society standard at this moment in time, yeah, and then saying, ah, oh, that's crazy, that is. But you have no, no. To I'm just build, asking your you opinion. You, you can answer. No, it's, it's, you moral, it's moral build. blackmail. It's not. It's, it's it's kind of it's kind of disingenuous because the, the yeah, point here is that what you're doing. Argument. What 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 you're it's doing not, is you just there, just there, to be there consistent. Is, there is a standard. There, there there is a norm in the West, Hassan, uh, where you're from, and you know that there is a norm, right? And you know that in other places there are norms that would go against that. So you're asking these questions just to which questions just to win an audience. Obviously, no, if not, most of the audience, one second, one second, if the, if the audience or if, you know, uh, 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 the persuasion of the audience was more Islamic, for example, these questions would be meaningless. Well, everybody would say yes. But then what you're doing no. here is, is just it kind of just shows like really the subjective or rel relativist nature of this kind of morality that, look, what I'm going to do here, and I alluded to this earlier, and this is what atheists do in some of these discussions, I mean, Internet atheists mostly, that. Uh, they say, well, well, okay, there's nothing objective about it. It isn't an objective standard through which we can measure, measure objective truth. Sure. But you know what? I'm going to you know, sneak these questions in just to show people, you know what? Stay away Thanks. from this religion for these reasons. Yeah. I mean, it's, so it's, it's almost as if you are judging you. it. You ask, okay, it's okay, almost fine. as if you are judging it. The questions are okay, but you need to acknowledge. You need, what you do need to acknowledge is that there's a lot of nuance behind this, these questions. And it's, sure. it's, it's, it's just like me asking you the whole incest question. It's like, it's like, it's not like you have to commit to that, but it's, it's more of a gotcha question because it's like, oh, once the person says it, there's an emotional reaction from the audience and that's it. I mean, the person in front of you, he's, he's, the, 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 the intellectual substance of the answer isn't really what's at concern here. It's the emotional it reaction that you just instantly yeah, but get from the audience. The reason why it comes across that way is because you asked me a first question, I answered it. You asked me a second question, I answered it. You asked me a third question. It's like, well, what, what's the point in asking me all these questions? Yeah, how many because have you got listed? It, I mean, <laughs> it sounds like, you know, there's an, uh, you're trying to appeal. Now, if you're trying to ask me, no. am I consistent? That's fine. But you need to, you need to demonstrate. Okay. Do, would you want to bring the cut in the hand of the thief in the UK? Yeah, a person says, yeah, then you'd ask, okay, why? On what basis? Oh, I think this is more. Okay. You wrong. answered that earlier. Or I think, I think you, you, you have to, you have to work on that first, first question. Sure, sure. I mean, you answered answer that earlier. Question. That's why I didn't ask. Because it's part of your religion, so that's why. But I mean, you talked about. 
different societies and you talk about how things are different. I mean, you, you, you lot always yeah, complain about China when you don't but consider... Sam, I want you to answer maybe question they're China. Like, like, the, 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 sorry. sorry what was Guys, that? can you hear me? I'm sorry. Maybe I'm, I can, I'm, I'm lagging. Hear you, yeah. I, I think you're lagging. Okay, okay, yeah. So oh, no, I, just, yeah. I just want, I want you to ask... I want you to answer my question, Hassan, about the whole um, incest thing. So, so no harm, contraception, all that sure. stuff. Okay. You would support the, the legalization of, you know... A sure. father well, funny, marrying actually, his son and a mother marrying her son in the UK. No, you no, support, no, you support that. I've already no, I wouldn't know because I've already researched. On, on, on what basis? Sort of on what basis? Sure, I'm just about to answer you now. Um, so um, I've researched about it and I've looked at um, uh, you know, firstly, there's the harm of the um, genetic diseases, um, and there's also he said contraception um, harm of. Yeah, no, I, I know. I've just got several. I've got several points here. So yes, so that, that's one thing. It's a fact. Um, and then you've got the uh, wider society uh, effects of um, uh, uh, the destructive relationships. Uh, you've got wider society effects of normalizing it. Um, so that's one. That's one factor, uh, which then would you know would, would cause further problems and things come down the line. And if you look. Um, actually, some of the things I, I did find, and this is sorry, why I've is it destructive? If you if you don't mind elaborating, Hassan, why is it destructive? Uh, because there's uh, if it's normalised, you can get to uh, the part where one factor, one person is a child, and you imagine they're they're groomed by their parents uh, for later on um, uh, for that to happen. And uh, just tell you, you know, from my work, uh, and a lot of them are from the a lot of this is from the British Pakistani community. I see so many. Um, um, I, I see so many um, uh, inbred genetic diseases, and these are people who uh, they're just but, cousin marriages. Sorry, sorry, I, I, don't, I really don't want to cut you off, but I want you to elaborate on that point. What do you mean the whole the first part when I asked you why why is it um, harmful for society? You said something about what grooming a child. Sure. What, what was what was that? Yeah, so there's you, a you, there's a risk of that. Parent thing. Yeah, there, of course, there's a risk of that. You have yeah, but then, but to, then, yeah. but then, I'm talking about two consenting adults. So don't think yes, of I like. Yes, I know, I know, I know. Don't I think know, of you, yeah. No, what I'm saying is, if you allow it, and the person, the parent, could know this uh, when the person, when the other one is still a child, so then you they could be groomed for as a child for when they grow up. And uh, and also the other factor I'd, I'd found that, is that's that I don't think that's a good that's a good uh, that's a good reason to prevent well, it, Sam. That's just a good well, that's, that's maybe a, maybe a good reason to um, I think maybe I like think like try to try to uh, restrict sure. the way the sure, way no, people no, no. like raise their reason, kids and and and, and, and emphasize on the guidelines and stuff like that. Well, if you ban but, it, then you're going to make it easier. And also, well, maybe not just that. that you, what more than eighty-two percent of rapists. In Pakistan, uh, sorry, more than eighty-two percent of rapists are fathers or brothers of victims in Pakistan. So maybe you look at your own community first before uh, lecturing atheists on incest. Yeah. Okay. So, so Hassan, so you're giving your reasons right now. Let's say whatever. Sorry, let's say accept your reasons. I guess weird. that's the point. Sorry, that's on, the point of these 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 quick gotcha questions. That's the point of it. So if you were to ask Sharif one question like that, and then ask him to elaborate and provide his reasons and provide a broader historical and theological and like legislative context sure, sure. about Hadood, that would have been more, that would have seemed more genuine from you. But this no, like machine gun tactic of, no, look, I have a list of questions wanna, that are going to emotionally appeal to the audience. I don't, I don't think that's, that's, no, genu that's, that's disingenuous to be honest. So I just want to make mention of something as well. So like, for example, you may mention that the fact that most of the, um, in Pakistan, the victims would be of closer relation 
than a yeah. further relation. Now, if you live in a society where, like, for example, um, females hanging around with non-mathams is frowned upon, yeah. then, of course, the statistics are going to incline in the only other place where these sort of crimes can be committed. Now, that doesn't even say that these are more common in okay. Pakistan than, say, for example, in the US. Um, all so, it means but... is that, that the avenues for the other option, for the other ability for these sorts of crimes, for example, from someone who's not related, are removed because of societal norms. For example, people not being allowed to hang around with young yeah. Muslims. And the only other avenue where this can manifest is obviously within the family. That So yeah, you mentioning that. that... No, no, no. no, hold no, no. On. No, no, let me let me finish. Because you the way you framed that, you made it sound as if because of the way that the Sharia is informed or something, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you made it sound as if that the Sharia is causing incestuous relationships of some sort, when it doesn't follow from that at all, because these sort of things happen in every society. And it yeah, doesn't sure. follow that because there is Sharia, that that is the cause of these relations because the sharia is very very strict with regard to the punishments of someone who would engage in such a thing and that these things are completely immoral the quran right so the fact that it happens is something that's across the board mentioning that there is a high percentage only says very little really i get that i get the point this is the question why did you frame it like that and why did you wear it when you when you know that the explanation i just give is perfectly reasonable that the only reason the percentage yeah, would be so high is because other yeah. avenues are just not possible. That that doesn't okay, say, no, no. But the way you frame it, you're making it sound like the Sharia is it's somehow responsible. No, 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 no. What percentage. I'm saying is, I, firstly, I didn't anticipate what you'd said. Um, and um, what you I'm didn't? trying to say is, I'm not saying that, no, I did, I did, because I thought about this before when I researched this for another discussion. Okay, so uh, firstly, I'm not saying the Sharia is responsible for it. I'm saying the Sharia hasn't done anything to prevent that. So, you know, if these are, yeah, you know, Muslims, it's not done anything to stop that. So what, yeah, what do you mean, what exactly are you supposed to do? How do you stop those type of things from happening? Well, if they're yeah, supposed well, to be Muslims, they follow the Sharia, it's still happening. Kind of yeah, but uh, Hassan, you're missing the point. The point of the question isn't whether Sharia did or didn't do. The point of the question is under your moral framework, whether such a thing would be permissible or not. So you're completely off track. I would but say, I, well, I'd why say, don't, yes, why exactly. don't we just read, just before ending, right, why don't we just, like just try to recap what's happening here. So this discussion is about like meta ethics and normative ethics and you know the different yes, theories uh, and yeah. worldviews regarding that, right? Now, what have we established here? So when we're talking about, well, there is moral disagreement. <laughs> so like you asking us questions, right? And our answers being not in line with your, you know, liberal uh, liberal exactly. Western uh, standards is no surprise right. to that, right? Yeah. And, us, and, and vice versa is also true. So, like, the emotional appeal is, is irrelevant. It's, all it is is an emotional appeal. So we know there's moral disagreement. In fact, that's part okay. of the reason why we, we, we sure. engage in these discussions and we talk about meta-ethics and we talk about normative ethics and stuff like okay. that. So we haven't established anything by just acknowledging that there's disagreement. Fine, there is sure. disagreement. Now... The, 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 the hypotheticals weren't really helpful either, because as I explained to you, well, you know, it, it, first of all, it just just applies just as much in your view, even more, unless you want to say it is metaphysically impossible for this, uh, you know, a, a, a fact of, if you want to call it a fact of well-being to be otherwise, just yeah. the laws of nature. Uh, and, and from our view, we already explained that it's metaphysically impossible for that to be the case. So it's a very trivial challenge. I don't see how it's a challenge. Now, sure. I guess the more important question, I think one of the central issues we discussed 
is how there can be moral truths. Like if there is a moral right and wrong, as in if you and I disagree about a certain question, right? And uh, our disagreement, uh, right, is, is meaningful in the sense that there is a right answer and there is a wrong answer. And we're not just expressing our favored opinions about, like, let's say our tastes for, for ice cream flavors or something. That is a fact. Then which worldview or which moral theory can actually be consistent and claim to be in line with objective truth, as in claim moral superiority, claim objective superiority, sure. and actually uh, 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 um, just, uh, you know, preclude this 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 problem of just uh, moral facts being just a matter of personal taste of, you know, or, or, or a cultural norm yeah. or whatever. Okay, so well. uh, clearly, clearly the, 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 the uh, theistic and specifically the Islamic uh, view of it is consistent with that. As in, we're consistent in saying, hey, son, you're wrong, right? These things yeah, that according to you, your believe, view, yeah. you, you yeah. believe are moral, not, no, but not according to my view. Like, so for example, Sorry, if you tell me that I'm, if I'm, view, a, yeah. if, no, 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 it's not according to the Islamic view. You, you still don't understand. If you tell, if I'm a flat earther and you tell me, Hey, you know, your, your view about the shape of the earth is wrong. That's not just according to your view. That's just an objective fact. Right. So th th this, this is where you're missing. Yeah, that's an objective. Okay. Objective so, so, facts, so this is this is this is what you're missing. Reality is yeah. So, yeah. So you're you're missing the the, the whole discussion <laughs> is going over your head, Ehsan. The point is that is that if there is an objective fact to the matter about morality, what does that look like? I mean, that's the nature of metaethics and certain views, like moral realists, or some views of moral objectivists, or whatever. Uh, uh, certain views under moral uh, co uh, cognitivism, they do appeal to some sort of objective fact of the matter about normative facts. That's the point. If there is an objective fact of the matter about normative facts, then your claim that something is objectively morally wrong or objectively morally right is consistent. So I can tell you, not, not according to Islam, I'm I don't have to even be right. It's just consistent within my framework to tell you, Ihsan, your view uh, X, Y, Z is objectively wrong. You're saying according to Islam is irrelevant. That's a, the relativist okay, okay. view doesn't help you here, right? Because I mean, I, I, you know, because 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 it's I, a bit. I it's say a according to well-being, and so you say, you know, I can say according. It's I can only so, say. But this is the thing. You're, you're missing the point. You're missing the point because son, your relativist no, okay, view is self-defeating for a reason, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. If if your relativist view says that morality is what a certain like I, I don't know uh, culture. Or, or individual or, or context no. makes moral, overall, then you yeah. need to acknowledge that, well, morality is objective from the Islamic perspective, for example. It really is in the sense okay. that it's, it's, it's a bit... It's a it, would be objective. it would be and objective and if we and both and agree that, Islamic, that the Islamic morality is the best. If we all agree... So, 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 so your disagreement I, I with don't. a flat earther... Sorry, your disagreement with a flat earther means that the shape of the well, earth that's, isn't that's an a, objective that's fact. That's a red herring because we can conclusively prove the shape of the earth. That's not a red herring. That, it is what's a, a red herring. herring. It just what, shows that you're not understanding okay. the entire discussion. Okay, I do. okay. Well, I mean, what about with uh, what do you think of the China are doing right? Or do you think you're not? You're right you're thing? still going to a different place. You're not getting the discussion. Ehsan, do you know what meta ethics is? No, really, no disrespect. I just think I'm you're just, off understand. track. Yeah, I mean, I understand what ethics is. Yes, meta ethics. We're discuss okay. We've been discussing meta ethics for how long? For like three hours. Meta ethics, right? 
We're discussing the it's, nature it's the of morality, the nature of good uh, and evil, the nature of right and wrong. We're not discussing the normative aspects, right? Not not yeah. only, yeah. right? And the central philosophical uh, question here in dispute is whether a certain theory, a certain moral theory can be consistent in saying that there is an objective right and wrong that uh, through which we can determine, uh, you know, human acts, right? There is an objective yeah. one in the sense that I'm right and you're wrong, not just, you know, it's my, uh, I, I like chocolate ice cream and you like raspberry. It's, it's a, that's morality for you. Morality for you is just a taste. But the point is yes. that if, 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 if that isn't the case, if that isn't the so, case, and we do, we can refer to an objective standard, we can get, then at least, we, at least, go ahead. We, if, we, if we choose the same um, framework for defining what is and what isn't moral, then we can get objective outcome. We can measure objective outcomes from that. But, but you've got to agree well, on the same framework, the and that's not the problem. Point. We don't agree on the same framework. Go ahead, Yusuf, explain if you can. Yeah, so, you know, as a moral relativist, how do you say that well-being is the determiner as a moral relativist? Sure. Well, that, I mean, it's the same. I've chosen well-being. No, no, no. Because you're a moral relativist. So, you know, if, for example, in another place, someone says well-being isn't the... Or they, even if they do say well-being, but they have a completely definition of what well-being is, Yeah. Yeah. As as a moral relativist, you can't you don't can how do you say they're wrong? I say wrong because uh, firstly it's not just because you define what well-being is, you've got to define sorry, you've got to define what constitutes the well-being. So if you look at go to a country and if they say that well-being is who um is worshipping the supreme no, no, leader of the country, that's different. You're not addressing my question. So I'm you 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 at the beginning you said you were a moral relativist, yeah? Yeah, because there's no objective moral. It's, it's uh, things, things different. Okay. What things morality changes according to situations. Okay, so then well-being isn't an objective moral standard. It it, it is. Uh, no, no, no. You, you just said there is. Like... No, no, no. To notice, you just you said. I said, why are you a moral relativist? You said because there is no objective standard. So I said, well, then it follows. Well-being isn't an objective moral standard, and you said it is. No. It is because what we've got There's to do is you've got to, dissonance no, here, it's subjective. Bro. It's not you've got to subject it. You've got to agree on the same factor. And then once you've agreed on the same factor, then you can derive objective results from it. But first you have to agree on it. Yeah, but we're it's not, not on about to which is the yeah, best. We're film. not talking here. We're still this is the thing. So like you say, after you've agreed on the definition, then you can move to like you know, applied ethics. And then yeah, agree with certain things first. objectively, but when we're, we're not getting to the applied ethics bit because we we've not even got past the first hurdle. So this is the thing. So you can't get to the applied ethics bit because you, you can't get to the the common agreement. And you, you yourself say that well being can't be an objective standard, but well being is the meta ethical aspect. Because now we got to talk meta ethics and discuss well what do you mean by well being? But you can't then say oh well you sure, know you got to ideal state where we do happen to agree then objectively. When it gets to the applied ethics aspect of things, then we can talk about objective. That doesn't that doesn't help the situation. The, the problem, yeah, Sam. The point is that you you want to say if you if you, you need to choose, right? But what Yusuf is telling you is the, the the issue. So so are you familiar with what like hypothetical norms are, how, like hypothetical imperatives as opposed to categorical imper imperatives that uh, Kant spoke about? Um, well, I think what you're, what you're okay. Yeah. So what you're what, it's okay. I mean. 
it's just fancy terminology for if you want such, then you ought to do such. Really. So it, what you're saying yeah. is basically trivial. Well, if I like chocolate ice cream and I won't desire it, then I should, I ought to uh, eat it. It's anybody can do that. Anybody, it's, 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 it's very trivial. What you're saying is if we want to do this, then we should do that. That's a hypothetical that just depends on people's desires and what they want. That's not what we're looking for at this point. You're saying if we agree. The point is we don't. Exactly. First of all, you have yeah, to agree. So, 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 so you're missing the point. Yeah. What do you mean? So you're not gonna you're not gonna make people agree. That's not the point. <laughs> you're not. Yeah. People are not gonna exactly. Uh, all so agree. that's why. You, but you know, but you you're missing the you point of this. The point is there is disagreement, right? Now, in there cases where there yes. are disagreement. There can be a right and a wrong, as in there can be disagreement with all, with with a objective fact of the matter that is right. Two people can disagree, but one of them can actually be right. The other can actually be wrong, right? They can't with, both be right if their views are mutually exclusive. If they disagree, yes. Yeah. If their views are mutually exclusive. Yeah, exactly. Now, the point here, Ihsan, is given that view, right, is there an objective fact of the matter that we can refer to that would not necessarily even refer to just like hypothetically or, or, or like in principle, could we yeah. say that there is a real right and wrong and one of us is right and the other is wrong and we're still hold, holding to our views as is the case with science. We don't have to be infallibleists about our views. And in that case, I would be consistent in telling you and you're wrong. Your view is objectively wrong. You can't do that. You're just telling me, hey, Abdul, I don't like raspberry ice cream. That's literally all you're telling me. It's I'm talking. It's 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 no no. So it's, it's, it's trivializing. Anyway, yeah, it is. is. You're not okay. It's so tell me how you don't get more. So 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 you're 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 you value well being, right, Hassan? Yes, yes. This the, the, so so because you value well being and there is a means to achieve well being, then you should follow the objective. What you think is an objective means to achieve it. Now I can say that with anything. I can say if, sure. if I, I mean, again, I mean, ice cream that... example, the point is it's hypothetical. It's not categorical. So. It's okay. not something I mean, that... that you can come and tell me that, hey, Abdul, this is my view. That's your view. And I'm right and you're wrong. You can't do that. It's not it's, no, it's, yeah. it's not like that. What, I mean, you, what you say, you I have a preference. I like would this view your, and you like that. You view. Like that yeah. Would it improve your well-being if I chopped your head off? <laughs> Um, no, yeah, it wouldn't. Not, you're not getting, are you exactly, going back to yeah, the emotional yeah, stuff? Yeah, 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 you want to, yeah, yeah. So you're cornered right now. You want to get the people on your side again, right? No, okay, no, 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 it's not. That's not going to work. It's a question. That's not going to work. For that, we can. If we agree on well-being, then we can both agree that okay, yeah, we don't, we don't, yeah, 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 yeah. Chopping people's head off is bad for their well-being, and none of us, none of us approve of it. None of us approve of chopping people's head off. So, Hassan, Hassan. Now, aside from the from the emotional blackmail, let's put the emotional blackmail aside. When you're cornered, I know it's the only place you can go to to win some audience. The gotcha point. But let's just try to focus on the substance. Let's try to focus on the substance of what we're talking about. The substance of it is, Hassan. We have moral disagreement. It doesn't mean that I think you're a bad person and you think I am. Right. That's that's not the point. The point is the the question here is whether. There can be, there can be an actual right and an actual wrong, and whether disagreement is detrimental to the idea of our epistemic accessibility to moral facts. Are there moral facts or are there no moral facts? Is it just a figment of our imagination? Is it just a like and a dislike? These questions are important, and as important sure. as it is to fight against, you know, people who chop people's heads off. That's not the discussion we're having, man.
Okay. So the point here is, is I think going way over your head. So I, I guess we can, we can, we can move on. We could probably move on, but you know, I'll still go with well-being, but uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's you can still, you we're not saying you can't, so you can go with well-being all you want. We're just pointing out it's, it's pretty inconsistent. If you're also saying that you're going to be a moral relativist and hold that there can't be any objective because it, by your own words, that like you said, there can't be objective moral standards, but then you followed that statement up with saying that well-being is an objective standard. Yeah, but once you agree on it, that's what I'm saying. You have to agree on it first. Yeah, but Essan, I think. So anyway, look, then it's not an objective standard. Appreciate you coming on. To, but even if you Essan, go to the atheist even, if you agree, in morality, you, people have answered this thing a lot of time. Yeah. No. So even <laughs> even in our discussion, Essan, when I asked you a few questions. You did change your views on the fly about well-being, and you sort of demonstrated that you were you were willing to curtail certain aspects uh, of your criteria for well-being for other criteria, which are subjective and relative. Yes. Yeah? So on the one hand, yeah. so yeah, but the problem is it becomes subjective and relative. That's the problem. There then becomes an epistemic problem of you being able to judicate, yeah, and measure well-being. When you're measuring something sure. as subjective okay. as what makes a particular individual happy, as opposed to saying this thing causes health problems, yeah, there's two separate issues. We've got physical health problems, yeah. So there's two separate issues, and you're willing to say I'm going to sacrifice this objective criteria of physical health for a subjective criteria of what makes certain people's uh, inclined towards their likes or dislikes. We got that. But I appreciate you coming on. I think we have to move on because we're going to be Thank ending the talking. show relatively soonish. Thank you, Henry okay. Thank, Thank you. Goodbye. Bye bye. Bye. Uh, so before you move on to the next guest, uh, I have stayed much longer than I was anticipating. No, yes, I've stayed another fifteen no, minutes. I need to try to get up early, early, like, and I need a proper sleep as well because I've got work oh, okay, to do. But um, so I just wanted to sort of address one thing before I do go. So this whole thing, he said um, at the beginning, uh, he mentioned that like if God told you to do X controversial thing, um, would you do it? If, if God said you did it. And so it was interesting. Obviously, the conversation sort of went down a particular route and I didn't want to drag it back to that point. Um, so I'll just do it now quickly before I leave. Um, so the question is, is like, you know if what do you mean like so how would i experience that first of all now, if i just heard a voice in my head that said go and kill this or go and kill that there's a certain amount of skepticism i'm going to apply to that it's like well is how do i know the voice in my head is god for example how do i not know it, it might be a jinn it, it might be um a mental issue you know there could be other explanations for it um so the question is is like first of all how do i know it is from god and then we've got two examples so we've got khitr who um, is it's a, a mysterious character, if you're just reading the Quran independently. All we know that is he's a servant of God. And this is put forward as a fact that he's given access to information uh, that he wouldn't have otherwise known. And then you have the character of Musa salam, and the character of Ibrahim. Salam. And like for example, Ibrahim is commanded to kill his son. Now, if you just say, oh, well, would you do that if... You know, you just had a dream and you were told you were to um, sacrifice your son, for example. Would you do it? And the question is, is, well, it depends. Like, for example, with Ibrahim, 
the, the question is, is, well, why wouldn't he do it? He's not just, it's not just this like one moment. No, Ibrahim has lived a full life up until that point where many, many, many things have occurred over like from the narrative. Obviously he was already an old man um, before he had his first child. And then the child was able to grow. So he was at, like around a century in terms of his age. Uh, he was, you know, a hundred years old, give or take. And he'd experienced many miracles. He'd experienced um, conversations with angels that said they were then going to go and destroy a, an entire city, which they did. He had a nephew who was also a prophet. And there was many things, like he'd, he'd been thrown into a fire and survived. Like there was all sorts of things going on um, around him, miracles and things occurring that gave him a lot of reason to believe that a, a God existed. And so, hello, I'll finish up, I'll wrap up and then, sorry. Um, so he had a lot of reasons, a lot of events that occurred throughout his lifetime um, to instill a belief that this was coming from God and that God was an existent being and this being was wise and knowing and powerful, the creator of all things, etc. And so that if, if I was in his position, the question is, is like, well, if you know this is a command from God and you know that uh, God exists and you have lots of reasons to believe it, then would it be absurd to do it or not do it? Especially if you know that this God, like, for example, if he sacrifices his son, it doesn't mean he's lost his son, especially if there's an afterlife. And at the end of it all, his son is is going to be fine and he's he's going to be um you know, living an eternal life in, in paradise, for example. If you can know these things, then of course you're going to do whatever God commands you to do because there's going to be a, a wider picture that you're not privy to necessarily. Like with, for example, Khidr, when, um, and with the, the second example, Musa alayhi salam. So, you know, if, if, I was, if I was just in this isolated moment, like in the example of the question that he gives when he's asking it, which is obviously quite a controversial one, of course, I would react like Musa. When you see it happening, I'd find it repugnant based on the limited information that I have. But the point is, is that if you have more information and if you have good reasons to believe that it, it, it's coming from God, not just this arbitrary notion, oh, well, if God said it, would you do it? And then leaving it as vague as that or as limited as that in, in the way you put it forward. Of course, that just sounds weird. And of course, I would be incredibly uncomfortable with it. And it wouldn't be easy to do such a thing. Um, no one's claiming that it is. But if it is from God, and if God is good, just and wise, and um, promising a, an afterlife where all of these things can be made up for, even with his son, um, who's also a prophet, by the way, uh, then the question is, well, why wouldn't you, given all of that context, given that understanding? Um if you want to reduce it to just like you hear a voice in your head, I'm not going to react to that. I'm, you know, I'm not going to be in a position where I'm going to be justified in saying, yes, I would do it. Um, and, and this is one of the biggest problems with a lot of these objections when they get put forward. The way they do, they often oversimplify it. They reduce it. They omit a lot of context, which is important for why someone might be justified in taking a very, very controversial uh, step like that. Even if it was, for example, um, in the Old Testament. I, I, I'm not a Christian, so I don't hold that the Old Testament is reliable. And I'm not even sure that these events occurred where Musa alayhi salam was commanded to kill an entire village, as the Old Testament says. And it's often something brought forward by Muslim apologists when they're critiquing Christians. Um, 
But it might be the case that it did happen. And the question is, is, well, you know, if it did happen, is it necessarily wrong? And then that gets us into this whole conversation again. And it's the same thing. It's just, it's the same thing as Khitr. It's just on a more, um, it's on a bigger scale. And so, yeah, you know, although I find that story um, very uncomfortable to read and I don't like it at all. Um, you know, if you want to be consistent in terms of morality, it's the question of, well, like, are we just going off gut here or are we giving reasons? Um, which is what it boils down to. But yeah, so that's the point I wanted to make. Um, it's obviously, it's quite... A yeah, that, 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 that was quite uh, frustrating. But yeah, it's okay. Uh, I think Hassan <laughs> well, general, generally, generally is a nice guy. No, no, definitely not listening to Yusuf, <laughs> of course. I'm talking about the call. Uh, but Hassan generally, he's a nice guy. It just he gets frustrating sometimes. Um, Dean, I think we all do. I, I get a bit frustrating too. Yeah, I could talk with, now with my. With yeah, my you can talk. can talk. Yeah. Assalamu alaikum. Anyway, I'm, I'm gonna. Well, alaikum I'm just gonna say farewell because I need to go to bed. But thank you. Yeah. Take care. And, Take care. Uh, we'll see you again. Inshallah. Assalamu alaikum. Well, Hassan. <laughs> well, I don't know how to start, but uh, presumably, Abdul, I, I assume that the host of the show, you explicitly said that you do not follow the Ashari view of morale of morality, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala designates command. I, well, well, in general, it's a, it's a divine command theory where where whatever. Well, well, imagine it's a proposition. It's, it's arbitrary, I guess, is the point. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that would, so that would correspond to a non-naturalistic form of a non-naturalist form of metaethics, right? Uh, sorry. Um, yeah, you're, you're saying the Ashari view would be a non-naturalist form of metaethics. Uh, was that? I would interpret it that way. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, so it depends on even my non-naturalist. So just non-naturalist. I think that the most one of the most one of the popular understandings of what non-naturalist is and i think one i might lean to is that it's just not accessible through scientific means you can't access those facts so yeah if that's if that is the case then yes i think i would i would think uh, most theistic yes. views are like that yeah most, most theistic views even the theistic view that you subscribe to that i could kind of sort of apprehend i mean sort of apprehend you sort of like base it so you sort of base your views that uh morality is sort of based upon god's nature that god is all loving he's all not the certain i mean i mean so there's the epistemic access so the, there's the sorry is i'm sorry i keep making this mistake yeah so there so there's the epistemic question about the epistemic access right and in terms uh, yes. of the epistemic access you can you can appeal to things like you know um intuition or even like like uh you know pragmatics and stuff like that uh but um the 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 metaethical question i think is, is a bit different it's about what the nature of what rights and wrongs are or the nature of what good is and stuff like that but yeah generally speaking i'd, I'd say the, the the in terms of like it's 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 realist side and not the epistemic side might be different yes it, it's non-naturalist yeah yeah i'd say so so your view is non-naturalist yes so and and again it's based upon the attributes of god i was trying to make sure my phone doesn't die uh, it's based on the nor norm normative facts that are yes uh, that are the, the, grounded in the normative so yeah. the normative facts uh, that sort of determine what a particular case is is based upon the sort of attributes of god and, right and his determine and his uh, sovereign determination you see the attributes of god that you might fall into maybe 
a bit of a like um a bit of a naturalistic fallacy there right if you say attributes of god but um so so it depends so it depends on depends on what what you mean so if we say oh god so if we say that if if we say that well okay so if the question we're trying to answer is whether there are normative values that are independent of human you know subjectivity right so that yes. independent of human existence there are normative facts about the world right then with In, that alone i would say that well normativity would norms. be normativity seems to be like more of a mental thing than 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 an, an objective thing that's not necessarily physical but it seems to be more of a mental thing so that it would be grounded in some sort of a intelligence or a mind even though we don't use the term mind in islamic theology but yeah but yeah so, that, so that, that's how we that's how you'd explain it basically so yeah you're saying normative you're saying normativity is not sort of mind independent i mean normativity in in its respect like various societal norms right i don't think normativity is mind independent no i don't think it is oh. so normativity is not necessarily objective so i mean obviously yeah, yeah. If, the, the more polemical side would the sort of stance I would want to I would want to take, although I don't know if it's part of my own desideratum here, is that I would conflate normativity with morality, and that's largely, and I could construe that as a concession that morality is not is 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 not mind dependent. And of course, I have my own meta ethical theory here, and I sort of and I studied Wait, sorry, it. So sorry, I sort of just I don't, I don't. So you're saying morality is not mind dependent. Well, for you, I mean, as for, for my you, own, as for my own position, I consider my I ultimately consider myself to be a non a non naturalist. Okay, so maybe I just missed what you were saying there. Um, can you just uh, sorry? Yeah, I just I oh, I'm sorry. I consider I consider myself to be a, a a non. I also consider myself to be a non naturalist, and I consider myself ultimately my own position is is ultimately a form of is ultimately a form of subjectivism, and I would quite argue that it's similar to divine command theory but uh but ultimately different it ultimately depends on who's sort of i mean who's sort of stance but you but but again to sort of backtrack you said that normativity and morality are quite different they don't have they're not metaethically linked they're because the sort of theory that you're sort of advocating is sort of mind independent and objective right normativity I mean, and morality i mean how no i don't i don't think i said they're not linked i mean normal so it's just like our moral odds. I mean, that's that's they're they're normative, uh, and uh, I guess I guess I'm I'm not I'm not quite getting. So I get one part that did stick out that maybe it's an it's 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 one place you were taking this was the whole objective part, right? That it well, if it is mind independent, how is it objective? Was that part of the critique? Well, if it's mind independent, it seems like that it could be objective. It could potentially exist in some. No, sort it's of mind dependent. Because for me, if I if I say it's like mind dependent, right? Then then so because God, right? And then, then yeah. you, you maybe one objection would be like, well, that sounds like it's subjective. Is that is that where you're going or? My ultimate polemic against divine command theory is that it is ultimate. It is ultimately subjective. Whatever God finds as moral, it is moral. It's not. It's moral irrespective of, of any uh, of of any other reason. It, it can't be reduced to any reason or any naturalistic factor. God, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. I mean, God to to use a more secular word determined such and there's definitely no reason behind that and god has willed a bunch of things that could be deemed as good or bad 
Yeah, but but we, so would you say so? For example, uh, God in Islam is described as Al Bar, one of, one of his names. He's like the source the of creator? goodness, right? The source, oh. no, the source, the source, oh, the Baraka. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think. And so. and 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 in that sense, um, so so um, I guess I guess I'm not sure what what the critique here is because if it's if 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 you're saying that that our objective is to remove, you know. The, the the grounding of this normativity from any kind of subject in existence as in take it away from agency and and, and theism doesn't achieve that then fine it, maybe right maybe uh, well, but I'm, well, you I'm are, not sure what the sorry. i'm not sure what well, the implications of that would be i mean the implications of what i mean that you have a certain grounding i mean ultimate i mean ultimately i really do think that i mean if you're a moral realist i define it as such such as uh uh, there are moral propositions like incest or or implementing the hudud in a particular case, and there are certain implementing the hudud in a particular case is morally wrong or or it is morally acceptable. Yeah. And so so those things have to be truth. Yeah. They have to be truth apt. And the question is, why are they truth apt? Do they refer to yeah. any any sort of property in the world or in some sort of possible world or something like that? That's how I would define. That's how I would how I would define moral realism. So I, mean, um, I think that's, so, I think I think that's more broad than moral realism. So I think that's cognitivism generally under oh, which oh, you're right, mo you're right. Mo moral realism would come. But I guess if I can ask you, because I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe, maybe it's me, but I'm just not sure where this is going. So what are your view? Are you, you're you're not a theist, are you? Are you a theist? I consider my myself to be a. I can yeah, I'm a theist. You're I a, have what what kind of theist? A Muslim, Christian, or not? Um. <laughs> Uh, a moose, although uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're although I'm, I'm I'm kind of disillusioned from a part of it. Though I consider myself to be more of a, I mean, more of unorthodox, more of a philosopher as opposed to following tradition. But, but sorry, was but that was on. that Muslim? So 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 you're a Muslim? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yes. But okay, and okay, so nice. So I guess that that's that's more clear. But then. Uh, you're saying you're not you're not you're not very orthodox. So what 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 would your meta ethical views be, and would they be linked to your to your faith or to your belief in Islam at, at all? I really do believe. I really do. I mean, my own meta ethical theory is that I really do believe that morality gap apprehended without God or without Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. I mean, I do believe that we have a moral sense in respect, and it's it could be I don't know to what sort of ex extent. I mean. It leaves me full. But, but, but isn't, I isn't know that, that just the epistemic question, Dean? Because shouldn't we separate the, the epistemic question from the yeah? Because maybe we can the have epistemic more, we question? can agree that maybe we have we have epistemic access to morality uh, with or without revelation. Maybe 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 we can accept that. But the the point really is yeah. about what morality is, right? In, in in the sense that well, what are we understanding in that sense? Like what so, do we have epistemic so access sort of, to? Right. That's a, that is a good that that's a really good question and. I mean, ultimately, with my view, I mean, you, you have you heard of Mary's Room by Frank Jackson, I guess? I mean, yeah. it's sort of similar to that. I mean, yeah. Did, so so I, I think that so the views on this, um, uh, just because um, a few people waiting, so if, we need to move if on Mary to sees this. color, does she learn anything new? Does color pick out anything in the world? She knows all the physical facts in the world. So does, does her moral sense pick up anything like that? I mean, ultimately, I yeah, think yeah. it's a similar so, question. So, then, then, so, yeah, the question of like, the, like the is all gap, right? And like just reducing it to like a maybe like a, a natural state of affairs won't really get you a knot. 
uh, you could yes. say that maybe. But then I guess the, the point is that like so on on let's say let's say you're a moral realist, and and you think uh, that uh, that 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 moral that that more moral facts like exist. Morality actually exists, right? The 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 it question, exists in some course, respect. It would yeah, of course. But the question would be like in what respect, and then people will answer that in different ways. And there's a lot of overlap between the views. It's a bit confusing. Uh, but um, I, I'm, 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 I'm guessing when you say that we you, we don't need God for morality, maybe you're talking about the epistemic side. Even some Muslims might accept this, that, you know, uh, even without revelation, humans can have access through the fitrah or through reason to moral facts. But the, really, the question is what those moral facts are and where they're sourced, like the nature of the moral. That, that, that would be a separate question than the... Uh, yeah, epistemic one. So, I mean, well, the question is, if Mary sees red, if Mary knows all the physical facts of the world, and she and she only sees things in uh, what do you in in monochrome or whatever, is red really based in anything in the world, or or if you taste sweetness or whatever, sweetness based in anything physical, what does that pick out? I mean, but, so so are you wait so okay so but when you're using Mary, so are you a dualist about consciousness and stuff like that? I really. I really haven't thought of that though. Although I'm maybe, I really haven't done my thesis or any philosophical work on that. I just heard yeah, of because, various because things. I don't, consider, my, I don't consider myself to be a hard materialist. Let's just put it that way. It can, it can be understood in a few ways, right? It's I don't I don't know either in a like a non-realist way or a realist way in the sense that well these things don't really exist. Maybe they're fictions, or that they do, but they're just not physical. So I'm just, I'm just not sure how to how to understand it. Well, um, well, I don't know how to how to, how to sort of I mean. I, I'm, I was maybe I might get around to reading the Mary's Room thing, but I really don't know how to sort of resolve things like quality or things like that. I mean, those are just similar yeah. analogous questions that that could just yeah, pose as Dean. Dean, Dean we we actually had a couple of shows on the issue of the hard problem of consciousness where we talked about Mary's Room. Uh, really? That in, precise one. In I haven't heard yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, we talked about Mary's Room. Yeah, have you not come across the uh, consciousness discussion with Hamza Sources? I heard of it, but I didn't. I mean, I looked at the channel, but I yeah. So we had we had two shows on that. So we discussed this issue. So I'm just trying to understand. Are you trying to say that this idea of the facts about the world does not tell us anything, or doesn't inform us about the moral positions about the world, or moral I'm acts a, that humans should do? That is my position. I'm a standard. That's my. I'm a standard human on that. If you question. I don't. I, I believe in the is off the distinction. I don't believe that. I for my own purposes, I don't believe that the that natural that morality supervenes upon the natural. I don't believe yeah. that. Okay, so I I sort of tend to agree with you on that position as well. I don't think the physical, natural, uh, non-conscious agents are going to be able to explain to us even human beings in terms of understanding is going to be able to explain to us. Uh, what is morally right and morally wrong. I do think, though, however, is as human beings, we have a first-person subjective experience that we desire to be moral agents, that we desire yes. to perform morality. Yeah. So then I think the if, if we desire to perform morality and that is not an, that desire or that morality cannot be grounded on non-conscious uh, physical material, then I think the best explanation in that situation would be the creator, a mind, or a you know a necessary being with a mind. Well, the question is why his 
why is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's determinations on various things would necessarily correspond with morality or his particular attributes or his particular mind? Well, I would agree. There's different ways of approaching that particular question. But I would also say, is it important? Is that really necessary for us to answer that question? Is it, is it important? Why isn't that? I mean, if you're talking about meta ethics and if you take it's this, a sort of version of divine command theory, aren't you supposed to have, present a positive case about why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's determinations is the source of morality, is the meta ethical no, grounding? Because I, I'm saying, I'm saying this. I'm saying that as human beings, what we what we have is we have a very much an innate sense of wanting to be moral. Yeah, we need an explanation. Why do we have an innate sense of wanting to be moral? Evolution is not going to explain it. Physical materialism is not going to explain Non-conscious physical materialism is not going to explain this, why we have this desire. I think it makes more sense that a uh, a, a being, a necessary being with a mind, uh, has a better explanation than any of these other aspects. Uh, uh, and, yeah, so go on. So does a necessary being explain moral facts or just explain our behavior? It seems it explains, like it, it, yeah, it explains our desire to want to perform moral actions. But that doesn't solve the metaethical problem. That just determines why human beings do yeah, no, whatever. I, yeah, but it's not doing whatever. I think it's, it's a case of we desire to perform that. I don't think we know how to perform it. I think when we look at an act in and of itself, the action doesn't tell us whether it's morally right or morally wrong. The action doesn't tell us either. Yeah, the, so act the action. I don't think it does. I think what the, tends to happen is. So the action, so a given action phi doesn't tell us whether it is right or wrong. That that particular action, though, I would agree. Yeah. So I think it's, I mean, it's, it's circumstances, conditions that exist outside of the act itself that that determines how we perceive it as morally right or morally wrong. I mean, yes, ultimately, but the question, but ultimately, I believe my own polemic would my own in my own polemical notes i would say that leads into a sort of moral tower of babel situation where there's this, there's lots of confusion people would disagree there are disagreements in morality i mean of course that I wouldn't agree, undermine yeah. the realist that yeah. wouldn't undermine that wouldn't undermine the realist case but yeah. i mean the disagreement itself wouldn't undermine the realist case but i, I was going to go through the anti-realist route and mention the trolley problem joshua green says that there are uh what do you call that that there are two contradictory intuitions like the deontologist one and the utilitarian one so how would you sort of resolve those things in like various iterations of the i mean of the trolley problem uh, a more i mean an error theorist would just say that morality doesn't exist so none of this that so it's not more so it's so it's false that is morally right or morally wrong to do whatever in just flip the switch in whatever version of the trolley problem that you sort I mean that you sort of have yeah but I mean, Dean, that's Dean, I, think, of... I think you're putting the trolley before the the horse yeah or the cart <laughs> before the horse sorry how uh, uh, I think the trolley think... problem is more related to the normative aspect of, of morality I mean I think so if you're discussing the meta ethical I think you'd be yeah I think I think I think what I'm trying to say is this is that I'm trying to say that look let's start off with understanding that human beings have this desire and intuition of wanting to perform moral actions but I don't think, and we can uh, discuss this, that we have the epistemic ways of being able to know what is the moral actions just from the act itself. But rather what, we, what, rather what we do is we associate the act based upon various outcomes and we view those outcomes 
as being correct or incorrect based upon a viewpoint and purpose of life that uh, we see for ourselves. So whether that is worship of God as being morally good and therefore following the, the commands of God and then viewing five, the act within that. Yeah, so, the five side or whatever. Six, the five Mokasid, yeah, the five, Mokasid. yeah, but that's different. Five Mokasid is slightly different. Mokasid, that's to do with the how uh, you take the the Sharia as a whole and you read within the Sharia through Istiqra, as it's called, uh, the different aims behind the various rules. Yeah, the, the, that's a separate point. Yeah, in regards to this, this is to do with the fact that what we're saying is that you measure the act. You, every human being is going to measure an act based upon an external criteria, and I'm based saying upon that the, I don't believe ex- the criteria is that hard. But go on. What's that? Sorry, I don't believe the I don't believe that there is a concrete criteria for most people. I agree there is no concrete criteria, but I think the concrete the criteria is that which is shaped by our viewpoint and purpose of life. I think ultimately or, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. You, so well, I think I don't know if it's necessarily an art, could be a well articulated purpose. I just ultimately. I mean, I just think most human beings, I mean, well, I wouldn't say it's like a sense of sense, but I guess it's sort of like, to use a Haram example, it's kind of like getting a, I mean, there are people who could appreciate the taste of a uh, Macallan liquor or whatever. I think morality is kind of like being cultured to, uh, there is, to there's, have, like, a elements, wine or liquor. There's, there's elements of taste, fashion, culture that affects individuals. And, and obviously because we have this desire to want to, perform good and be seen as performing good and then we live in a society that says these are the normative set of values then there is going to be a uh, a desire to want to be perceived to do those particular normative set of values yeah you take that same person you put him in different society with a different set of normative values then his perception of what's good and bad will change within that perspective but i'm saying that if we break it down within that individual who is able to think about why he performs a good action as opposed to a bad action, I don't think he can break it down to just simply saying, oh, I can just study the action or I can study the physical universe and come up with moral actions. Yeah. So therefore, what he does, he looks at the action in light of the outcomes. And I think those outcomes are going to be informed largely by his viewpoint and purpose of life. Yeah. How he views them, his purpose of life. And so his therefore, purpose of life? Yeah. Yeah, because oh. what do you mean? Well, ultimately, I could like think of a military battle, and there are different sides of what is good or what's bad based upon one's allegiance. So, I mean, ultimately, whether one deems the outcome to be good or bad is sort of determined upon what particular side. There's definitely partiality with respect to that. Yeah, partiality, but all of these are going to be subset of this main problem of what what is your viewpoint on life, what is your purpose. I mean, all of that is going to be a subset of it. The all individual of your based on your own view. Feel, uh, your own viewpoint, yeah. You're going to have to have, as a human being, I think, either you are following the norms of society and whether the norms change, you change, or what you do is you develop your own, you know, meta-narrative about life, yeah? And that meta-narrative about life is going to be fundamentally built upon how you view your purpose of life, and then that's going to inform you on those partial actions of whether this particular action is good or this particular action is bad i think that's how human beings uh you think about why they're trying to do the action that they're doing ultimately results in them trying to develop this meta-narrative about their life 
this meta narrative and, the, and that meta narrative is something that's so close to the, to the soul, so close to the breast that it, de- that it influences their actions, sort of like moral judgment, internalism, or moral judgments aren't internally motivated. Well, I think for, for a Muslim, isn't it, we would say that that meta narrative is understanding that we're here, to, we're created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is here um, to give us commands and prohibitions and that therefore that becomes the normative set of values that we act by because the authority is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the all-wise, the all-knowing. And therefore, in order to achieve paradise and the pleasure of God, we do that which pleases God and that conforms with our fitri desire to be seen as moral. That Well, that's one sort of explanation as to why people are moral but i mean but obviously but what about a non what about one who's who has a confucianist worldview and and who and one who who emphasizes lee and uh, ren ben, ritual and benevolence in their own co- own conduct they, that person has their own yeah world. i i don't know much about confucianism so i can't really say anything with regards to that but what i would say is that the general maxim that everybody likes to be the hero of their own story tends to hold true Everybody wants to be perceived as doing the good thing, or the right thing. So, well, precisely, people have people have a, a desire to. I mean, have a desire to be moral, and I would, and I think in my own meta ethical stance, I would say that is. I mean, I wouldn't say it's entirely satisfactory. I have a certain because it only leads to ikdalaf and 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 disagreement about what about various social issues about inset. I mean, about what about gender norms and things and things like that, though. And uh, but I do saying, think that yeah, but there's yeah, but that's the point. The point here that I'm saying is that the desire to want to be morally good, that's clear. That's that's what we can sense with human beings. I would say, the ability to know what is morally good and morally evil is different. That's the inability for us to bridge that gap. So, the in- so you're saying that ictalaf is largely based upon an an epistem an epistemic inability or epistemic inaccessibility of figuring out what is moral or not? Yeah, without the guidance from Allah, yeah. You, well, I mean, I don't know to what sort of, I mean, I, I, I don't want this to be a, po- I mean, maybe eventually, but I don't want to be a polemic against Orthodox Sharia or whatever, but I mean, I would largely... But what if I? But it just seems like that 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 innate desire and in people's inherent judgments, at least in most cases, is a satisfactory. Is morality? I would say what morality is is a certain set of social is a certain set of norms, and that sort of arises from our psychology. I mean, I could if I, my own conception of morality is that I have sympathy for those. It, it's, it's motivated by genuine sympathy and compassion for my peers. I, and I want them to succeed. I want them, I generally want them to be happy irrespective of my own, I mean, of my own self-interests. I, and, okay. and also I realize that I'm tied with society too. So I want society to flourish. So ultimate, so I definitely want social norms and, and economic, yeah, but Dean, an economic a, foundation for a well-being. But you've just made the point, I think you've made the point, which is that there is a difference between making a cost-benefit analysis of why you want somebody to succeed because there's some sort of benefit for yourself to There's a perceiving, benefit for yourself sometimes. To perceive, yeah, there is. But there's a difference between that 
and somebody who says, I want somebody to succeed because I think it's a good thing to do. There is a difference between that person. Motivation. How you define good? I believe that there's, I ultimately think that there's some things in morality that are not rational. It is good simply because I perceive it to be good. I get a sense of pleasure because I have a sense of sympathy. I'm really happy. I'm not, I'm, I get happiness from other people's happiness because of my sense of sympathy. It's not because I benefit, I, I benefit from it because you don't benefit of, materially. Yeah. You, you might benefit from, but I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. I'm not disagreeing with the fact that a human being can do an act where he's helping somebody out because he's getting something in return for it. Or a human being can do the act, the exact same act, but the motivation is because he believes it exemplifies moral character. And that's why he it, wants to do it, because he sees it as the good thing to do. Yes, pe people are generally motivated by, by that, by, by developing character, by developing their virtues. In order to do that, you right. have to act or... Or, or do things like vicar, which makes you more pious or whatever. It's 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 core. Yeah, it's yeah. Conforming. So, but Dean, be Dean. I'm I, I'm not. I don't know if we're talking past each other because I don't think we're necessarily that far away. All I'm saying is this: is when we talk, when I talk about human beings having a desire to be moral, that's different to saying that. Can we then specify a particular action as being moral or immoral? Yeah. So and I'm saying so I'm saying, saying that the act itself won't tell us whether it's moral or immoral. Rather, it's the circumstances and conditions or criteria external to the act, yeah, that makes well make it what make what we will call it as moral or what we will call it as immoral. And I'm saying that ultimately that rests upon a meta narrative about life, yeah. This idea of of what is our purpose of life. I think that ultimately becomes because this will inform us about, from a Muslim perspective, there's an afterlife, there is a creator who created human beings, there's a creator who created human beings for a good reason, as we mentioned in the Quran and Sunnah, that there is heaven and hell, that the actions that we perform in this life has permanency in the hereafter, and therefore to be seen as good would be to be doing that which our creator deems as being good. Now, having the discussion about God and why God performs the action of be is it good in and of itself, or is it good because of the nature of God, all that type of thing, or is it just arbitrary? I just see that as irrelevant, largely. Whether you say that it's I mean, I, but I really do. If you have divine command theory, divine command theory is God finds something, therefore it's moral or whatever. So I mean, if you're yeah, but from a human perspective, I just don't see why that's so. <laughs> why so what if God tells you that this is good? Yeah, and you want to be good, and you're saying that ultimately this is the creator who created me, yeah, uh, and has decided and has given me my innate desire of wanting to be good, of wanting to be guided, yeah, and therefore I act according to uh, what God has told me to do. That exemplify that therefore exemplifies this moral values. Then it I don't see any any problems with that. Whereas the other hand would be is I'm trying to work it out for myself. I know there's an epistemic gap between uh, knowing the world around me to knowing what is moral. You know, I won't be able to really establish objectively that this is a moral act. So everything becomes relevant from that perspective. It just the the two views don't really add up. They're not equal. The view that a, a creator exists, who's 
who created me with my desire to be morally good and has given me commands and told me that this is how to be morally good seems to be a lot more clear and you know self-evident as a better explanation than anything else than some sort of naturalistic account where people where we were all chimp where we're all primates that were social animals and we just develop our moral faculties through i mean the heritable the, the heritable aspect yeah the inheritable I mean, aspect. yeah definitely it's a better explanation than that 100 percent. i mean well regarding the theistic view i mean i do not think it's divine command theory that sort of mandates it i mean you you could say we have a fitra and that god also wanted to tell us created this and you can be grateful that he has created you and a part of that is being sort of receptive to his commands and do, yeah, performing exactly. things like thicker. Yeah, yeah. But that just, but I don't know if that's necessarily true. I mean, I don't know if, I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily divine command theory. It's just, that just shows that. It can be, uh, it can be that something is good because God commands it and God is, has the nature of goodness and therefore whatever God commands would be good for human beings to follow. Well, so it's not arbitrary. So God's not commanding things which are arbitrary good or arbitrary bad or making arbitrary he, statements of what's good and bad. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I think in my own metaphysical theory, want the cognitivism, I think you ultimately have to do that. But I mean, but we respect it. I mean, as opposed to instead of true or false, true or false judgment, whether X is moral or what it has a property of morality or whatever. I mean, regarding human behavior, I mean, I ultimately think, I mean, what influences moral conduct quote unquote moral conduct is largely the, the fitra or a set of desires, particularly sympathy or benevolence towards others, so, notions of maintaining in, integrity. And, yeah. and of course, in that sort of example of, being, of, of having taqwa towards Allah, so why not tala, it is ultimate, I mean, it's ultimate, I mean, it's ultimately a sense of gratitude, but I don't think that sort of thing is sort but of, Dean, I don't think, I don't think, fact. So it's I think Sharif was right. When you, maybe, maybe, maybe you're talking past each other, but I don't think I necessarily disagree with that. And again, I think earlier I mentioned this, that there's that epistemic side. So, I mean, you can be consistent as in, yes, you have that access to it through your fitra or through whatever other means you, you, you might want to mention. But uh, the point is that what is it you have access to? You get that? That's, that's, that's really the point when you're talking about um, what the, what, these, these these values are you know that meta ultimate question right i i'm a sentimentalist i ultimately think that it, it is i believe that i mean I, I as a sentiment i mean my own ver theory of morality is i judge people's i judge people's character i make judgments about a person's character whether i get approbation whether i feel a sense of approbation or a sense of sympathy or pleasure and looking at a person's character so if someone's performing salah i see that as a sense of I mean, a sense of piety and the sort of facts around that is, well, it's it's corresponded, it corresponds or it's integrated with my worldview, but ultimately it is this sense of sympathy that is not rooted in any form of rationality. It's ultimately yeah, that and, sort of pleasure. Yeah, and it's a fitri thing. And I think that's, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran that he created human beings and uh, created them knowing, uh, you know, with guidance and misguidance and that this is an aspect that's within human beings that is able to sense uh, or is able to uh, have that uh, sympathy uh, for other human beings and is able to feel the need to exemplify good moral conduct. You know, even Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders, he, he says he commands us to perform, uh, to be just, to have adl. It's because there is an innate, within ourselves, there is this innate desire to want to exemplify justice 
but the problem that we have is that can we do that in absence of revelation and i would yes. say in absence of revelation you can't do that because you've got a problem with because this epistemic gap of saying even if you want to be a moral realist say okay there's real moral values out there but how do i know i can't work it out just from a, a naturalistic uh, perspective, but Dean, I'm gonna we're gonna have to move on because uh, we I we've understand. only got a short time left, unfortunately. So, uh, but we want to bring on Amy here. Thank, thanks a lot for coming on. You know, appreciate it. Was, it. it was Fine, Salam. Thanks, Salam. Take care. Uh, hey, Amy, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? We're good. We're good. Thank you. Uh, sorry for keeping you waiting too long. That's okay. I was uh, doing stuff behind stage while I was listening to you guys. It was a good talk. Cool. Uh, so what's up? What did you uh, think of the discussion? I thought it was a good discussion. Clearly, he is someone that's more in between, maybe, but I kind of like that. And uh, I've been having lovely discussion uh, all throughout your guys talk about morality. So I thought I would come on and maybe add to it. Yeah, sure, sure. So um, be happy to hear your thoughts. Sure. And so I will say that my morality is based on two factors. It would be that it has a foundation in biology, and then you then need situational ethics to make sense of any moral questions. I think it's those two things specifically, and I don't think it's my opinion. I actually think this is what we are talking about when we deal with moral questions. So, so do you think that uh, moral judgments are like truth apt in the sense that when you say like let's say murder is wrong is that like um, necessarily like either true or false so we would have to start with saying all right we have human agents on the board and so we would then have to look at the situation and say what is occurring Murder tends to be a little bit more cut and dry than a lot of other morality issues. If you are just needlessly killing someone, I think almost anyone will say that that is evil or immoral. I think the reason that that is, is because we can die. And yeah, but then, I, I guess, Amy, the question is about what it means for it to be moral. So if, if we say sure. it's true that, that uh, you know, um, murder is, is, is wrong, right? Mm -hmm. If you say it's true, what does that mean? Like, so when I say that it, it is true that, uh, you know, uh, there is a chair in my room, we know what that means and what, what that refers to. Sure. Now, if, if we say it is true that murder is wrong, are you, are you going to reduce that to some kind of natural facts? or? I would or, say or, or, you can't just go murder is wrong, the end. What you have to say is murder is generally wrong. And then you actually need to look at the situation 
Yeah, but even that, what does the wrongness mean? Because you see, Amy, wrongness is this like value judgment, right? And the, the mm-hmm. thing is, so when you think of the world and, and just like think of the physical world, the natural world, right? Sure. We, we, we see all kinds of like, you know, stuff around us and these objectively existing things don't really have this normative value to them, don't have oughts, don't have this, like there's no, the, a rock isn't really like intrinsically good or bad absent some agent. Sure, uh, you're looking that at kind David of value. Hume's problem. Of an yes, yeah, exactly, the, the is ought gap, right? So what's, what, what is it that, that, that we're saying is wrong here? Like, and what's, what does that even mean? I would disagree on the premise of his is ought problem. I think by gathering more knowledge, we actually are able to make more moral choices over time, better moral choices as the time goes forward. Yeah, but that would be based on desires, right? So these these would be what we call hypothetical norms, not categorical norms, in the sense that you would you would say that, well, if you want to achieve X, then you should do Y. So that the ought here is, 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 is based on some kind of like, uh, uh, you know, hypothetical situation, a conditional on. If you want to do such, you should do such, right? If, 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 if I want to, uh, um, you know, um, pass my test, I should study, something like that, right? So the, the, the ought there is, is a conditional, it's, a, it's what we call a hypothetical norm. It's not categorical in the sense that there is a real wrongness and there, or there is a real rightness to a, a, a certain act, right? Or a certain moral judgment isn't really uh, true, uh, you know, in, in categorical terms. It's just there, it, we do derive an ought from the fact that we desire something and there's a way to achieve the desire, period. Is, is that the case? It's not that it comes from desires. And I'd also say it is not quite the same thing as a rock, as in we could objectively say when, when we leave, the rock is still there. And yet I believe if I die, morality would still be there. Now, uh, with that being Sorry, said, do you mean humanity altogether? Like if we die, like if we disappear, yeah, there would still be morality. It, well, so here's the thing: I believe that morality is also contingent on biological beings. That's why the foundation has to be biology, because if biological beings cease to exist, there are no moral quandaries. Um, can you repeat that last part? I apologize. If oh no, you're good. If biological beings cease to exist there are no more moral quandaries okay so so morality is dependent on the existence of biological life right i would say it has to be the foundation has to be biology so okay so in what way in what way do we derive oughts from these biological facts I, so then you need to apply the situational ethics. Once we have our foundation, biology gives us the players. The players, uh, in a game theory sense, are now on the board. We now need to see what they do in social situations, and that brings us to situational ethics. 
but how do you derive an I, I don't I still don't see how you derive the art based on the situational well, ethics in the sense that well you can say that so I, it's, again it seems like what you're talking about is like some kind of a hypothetical norm where if we're in a certain situation and there's a specific goal in order to achieve that goal we must perform a specific action well let's talk about a moral quandary and we'll see how biological factors factor in okay go ahead well i mean uh is it wrong to steal food i'd say yes and i would say maybe i'd say um, yeah so there's a yeah okay it, it can be contextualized in the sense that well will somebody starving to death or something right um, well then there we go but the difference in that example is in biology. In fact, we could even draw a moral line and say if they are just stealing TVs and things that don't really have anything to do with their biological well-doing, we can actually put a harsher claim or punishment, however you want to frame it, on that outlook. Yeah, but it seems like, Amy, right now you're, we're, we're, we're shifting the discussion to, to normative ethics in the sense that you're talking about like what? What makes something right and wrong? Like, what are the rules here? Like, well, what theory are we going to go for? Like, you know, a deontologist framework or or utilitarianism or whatever. But but, but and I think the, the, these these questions are more related to that. They can be related to metaethics. But the the point is, what is it to be right and wrong in the first place? It's not it's not about like what makes it right and wrong. But we still haven't established. Um, forget about saying what is it that it, like, you know what what is right and what is wrong what is it for moral statements to be truth apt? What is it for them to be objectively true? Uh, what for truth statements to be, well, a, a fact, because we're dealing with both truth and facts, and sometimes they can be a little bit different. I think when a tree exists and it corresponds with reality, uh, you could make a truth claim that the tree exists. Uh, the same way with, I would say, even yeah. moral claims. You could say, and we will, we'll get, we'll get back into the discussion you guys were having earlier. I think it is immoral to cut someone's hands off for most forms of thievery. I'm sure there is a mix of something. That you yeah, but create... I mean, I'm still, I'm still, um, yeah, I, I, I get that. We can, we can talk about that. But I, okay. I, I think this is the point is still maybe uh, not, not, not getting across. Um, so, so what, what the, the first point I want to focus on is whether, uh, you know, uh, like, let's talk about, for example, moral realism, right? So, more does morality exist? In, 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 in any like you know robust sense of the of, of the word exist right or moral statements and judgments in general what are these things are they just ideas in our heads is it just that would you take like a, a non-cognitivist right which means that non-cognitivism means that like moral statements are not truth apt and and one of the one of the paths you could take is emotivism where it's just an expression of your emotion. It's just an, an attitude expression, right? So the, that's that's the, the meta-ethical question I'm, I'm, I'm asking. We're asking a deep question about what moral facts are because there is moral disagreement. You see, when we disagree about the whole thing about the chair being in my room, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we know there's a right answer to that. We, we see if, if our opinions about whether there's a chair in my room 
if our opinions are mutually exclusive, which they are, you're saying there isn't something there is, regardless of whether we ever find out whether it's a chair or not, we know that there is a fact of the matter, right? Now, when we, when, we, when we disagree on a moral fact, can we say the same thing? Can we say that regardless of our disagreement, there is an objective fact of the matter about what it is for something to be right and wrong? Or, you know, there is an objective fact of the matter about a particular moral judgment. Objective can be used loosely here because I don't want to use it in the sense that, like, you know, it's sure. necessarily mind independent. But the point here is that, is there a right answer? independent of our disagreement as humans. It seems like where you're going with this, there isn't going to be because it's always going to depend on certain conditionals and hypothetical norms that would basically rely on what goals we want to achieve, which is fine, pragmatically speaking. I'm not, we're not, you see, we're, we're this, this, these philosophical discussions go at a very deep level that don't really actually they do influence the pragmatical aspects right but i'm just saying that they they what we're trying to understand is the nature of morality sure and and what our disagreement applies and what our different worldviews imply about the moral claims we can or cannot make so so the question is so let's say if if, if you're a reductive materialist right if if you are a reductive materialist it seems you'd have more of a problem than, let's say, an atheist who's um, who's a non-naturalist, right, or not a reductive or non-reductive materialist, because uh, I mean, if if all there is really is like you know matter and motion, and and everything is reducible to atoms and particles, then really what you're saying is that there are no normative facts in the world. There are no oughts. I mean, because 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 a, a physical thing isn't. And ought. I mean, there isn't something normative about a physical thing, unless you want to say there is, which is a different story. But uh, at least it doesn't seem to be the case that normative facts are reducible to the physical, right? So that's that's the first side that we're concerned with. We want to know what we're talking about, what the hell we're saying when we're saying something is right or wrong. Uh, it seems like you're jumping straight to the whole hypothetical part, right? Where you're saying, well, look, all that morality is is that you know if you're in a specific situation and there's a certain means to achieve a goal you want to achieve then this is what you need to do uh and and if if that is the case right i i i i guess i'd, I'd ask that metaphorical question in the sense of what do you mean when you say you ought to do this thing in this in this conditional situation what do you mean when you say that do you mean that you know you feel like that needs to be done as in that's something you emotionally relate to or, or is it something else? Is it something like um, I, 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 I'm not sure. I'm not sure how how um, how else you could frame it. Is it a constructivist view? Is there are different views on this, right? I just want to understand. You know, it doesn't have to get technical. You can just explain it to me in simple terms. Like, what is it for something to be immoral apart from that reductive explanation you're giving to me about you know how things are, and then you're adding our desire to it. So. I guess, tell me, is it just the desire? Is that like, we just want things to be a certain way? I don't think it just has to do with desire. It is, I wanted to say, I almost said pragmatically, but it is the agents. So if you are on an island, there really isn't no morality uh, because 
you can't harm anyone. You can't do any types of decisions except for to yourself that we could really look as a, a harmful question. It's only when you start to get agents together. It's only when one person and another person start living side by side that we have to ask ourselves different questions that have different metrics when we're dealing with morality. I, I think there's also different measuring sticks that we can use like empathy. I don't think empathy is the only one, but we can ask ourselves, are we being empathetic to someone? Are we being fair? There is another metric. And all of these types of questions are only born about by the fact that we are playing from a game theory sense, these little social games, some of them are more beneficial than others. There are zero sum games we could just steal from each other and people will lose and people will win. And there are cooperative ones in which we will actually work together and there could be multiple winners. And I think there are, once you accept that that is the objective, you can then look at the actual situation and whether you are going to get a hundred percent, this is the right answer. I think you can actually get good barometers on what is right and what is wrong for the majority of situations. Yeah. But then that, that sounds like you're still going back to the desire. I mean, maybe you don't want to call it desire, but what you're saying is that, uh, first of all, I, I mean, Again, disagreement is going to come up here too because you're saying a person alone on an island can't do anything wrong. And I, uh, well, I would disagree because you can kill yourself and I think that's immoral, but that's me, right? And that's, again, goes back to the nature of disagreement. Now, can I freeze you um, there for one second though on that? Sure. Who do you sure. think it's immoral towards? Um, well, that's again going to depend on so many things about my beliefs. Clearly, you know, you realize, right? I'm, 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 uh, I'm a theist, I'm a Muslim, I believe God exists, and I believe it is immoral for, for, for me to kill myself. Um, based on, you know, like God gave me this life, and, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I, I, I don't have the right to, to take my life away in, in, that, in that kind of despair, right? Like, I, I, I should have trust in God. And also, there's the fact that, you know, God commanded me not to do that. So there's, there's Amy, the moral. Amy, do you not think it's the, immoral? I, do you think it's not immoral, Amy? Well, I think that it could be immoral, but I think it dwells from situations that take us away from the island. Uh, other than the fact that I love life and all of you lovely people I'm talking to, I would never want to kill myself because of the people that it would harm indirectly, even if I will never know about it. I know that's going to the deep, dark place, but I will say just to turn that back around, it is the main subject you guys then are saying that to solve the is ought problem, you need revelation, are you not? Not, not necessarily, because so, so I mean, a revelation would still be like the epistemic part of like how you come to know things, but uh, we're still talking about well, what makes something right or wrong in the sense that uh, so right now you appeal to like um, so I think it was more of a pragmatic outlook, since that once people come together. You have certain goals and you still have certain desires. I think that's what it has to boil down to. And then if they are to be achieved, there's a way to achieve them. 
So I, the ought is really hypothetical in that sense that it is derived from the fact that there is this condition. So there's a conditional if we want to achieve this as, you know, a couple of agents living together, then we must behave in this particular way that seems to be the most pragmatic thing. So the, 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 it does boil down to what we want, right? What, uh, what Amy, we want Amy, just, as people. just so I'm trying to tease out your understanding of morality. Sure. So if a person was to commit suicide and it caused no harm to anyone else, would that be morally acceptable for that person to do that? So I personally would feel sad for them. I'm sad for him. No, I'm, yeah, I'm not I, I'm, about I, your person. I, I have to this preamble. Nonetheless, I cannot, in, in a, on an island where their parents are dead, they have no children, they know no one, if you could squeeze out like an orange all of the actual social situations that would harm someone, I could imagine a situation in which I wouldn't say it's immoral or moral. I would just say that it is just an action. But it'd be morally, uh, would it be morally wrong to stop that person from doing it? Well, now you're adding in another person. I would personally, I would, because I don't want them to, I think life is worth living. Okay. So yeah, I, I understand why Abdurrahman's a bit confused because on the one hand, you seem to be appealing to the fact that a moral act is that an, is an act that doesn't cause harm to others. And therefore, morality begins when you have a society and individuals engage with each other because they have the potential of causing harm to each other or increasing well-being. And then on the other hand, you're saying that uh, if no harm takes place, then an act can still be considered immoral because you would want to step in and stop another person from committing suicide. Well, aren't they about to? hurt themselves isn't that the whole point yeah but in this situation let's say this individual doesn't cause any harm to anybody else it's not going to cause you harm it's not going to cause anybody else harm mental anguish or anything else like that would you still step in or would you just say it's okay i mean under i still think this fits under my view as long as there's more people I would say it may okay, be an so, emotional thing that I want to keep them alive. Yeah. But... So from your perspective, you have an emotional disposition that says that this person's uh, harming themselves. That is therefore wrong. And because it's wrong or immoral, I should have the right to intervene in that situation. Oh, well, now you're going into I would have the right Uh we're, we're making well, you're doing the moral, moral thing, isn't it? You'd want to do the moral thing. Well, I would say I would want to attempt to figure out why they want to kill themselves, and I would try to stop them. Do you think that's the moral thing to do? I believe if you know about it, yes, that is the right. Moral okay, thing so in do. that situation, you're saying that because you've got this this view that what what i feel harm yeah or what what will harm other people that i should therefore have the right to intervene that well, that's the concept of intervention you? yeah yeah i believe that but i believe that from a different paradigm isn't it i don't believe it because uh it's just simply what i feel but is it only i, I want to ground that feeling i want to ground that feeling on something which is permanent 
I, on the one hand, you can't. I, this is the problem I think that you're going to have. Is on one hand, you want to say these things are objectively morally true, meaning that we have these feelings and intuitions about what's morally right and morally wrong, and you believe that they are real. They're not just something that's illusionary in the mind of a human being, but they're real things. And on the second hand, you want to be able to ground these things. You want to say, okay, the reason, the, the there's an ontology behind this morality. This ontology is a real ontology. It's an object or object, if you want to use that in a loose sense, as Abdurrahman was using it earlier, that actually exists, and it's not just something which is relative or illusionary. And can I tell you why I think it solves both of those? And it is because when you're doing something objective, you are removing the emotion out. Like I was just talking about before when I had an emotion and I would say that non-emotion would be biology. Once you get into the social situation, the nitty gritty, it is going to get more human and you're going to lose some of that objectivity that also doesn't mean it's completely subjective i don't know but i don't that... be solved i don't mean it solves the problem at all actually to be honest amy i think you said that there is no morality until there's human interactions humans mm -hmm. live together so that person who lives alone on the island literally has nothing he cannot do anything that's immoral or moral well, sure. And I mean, if it goes without saying, but if I didn't know that he was killing himself, I wouldn't help him because I didn't know. And then he yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying, let's say you just have one human being and that one human being exists on this one island in the whole of the universe, then there is no moral or immoral. There doesn't, there isn't, and the, it just doesn't exist. I agree with you. And I think it will, it, it, the chance to have morality will die with him until more moral agents. It's, right. yeah, but goes, it's so, okay. So, so morality is not something which exists independent or exists, uh, you know, as something which has some sort of real ontology. It is pragmatic in the context that you have to work out what are the normative ways of acting amongst each other. That's what it sounds like to me, Amy. I could understand that. I feel like it's trying to confuse both my streams, maybe not intentionally, but I, no, but Amy, I feel if, if I can elaborate on Sheriff's points, so just sure. to help you understand. So you can, so, it, it feels like, so if, if this person is alone, right, and if their morality doesn't exist, and, but at the same time, your, your view is that morality is based on, uh, you know, these, these, these conditionals, right, that, that if, if you want to achieve such, you mm -hmm. do such, but then you can have such conditionals when you're alone, like, right, if I want to um, stay fit on the island, I yeah. should go jogging, right, but uh, um, that that's not enough to make it seem like it's 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 a moral ought. Uh, so there's something more than that. Now now, I, I don't know what would magically happen when you bring another agent into the picture. It's just still simply going well, can to I be give you an example? A collective desire and a cooperation on achieving that that such a, a goal that you have in common. It's, it's still going to be ought. So it's going to be I ought to go jogging alone in the island. And with another agent, I ought to cooperate on this common goal. I mean, what's the difference? Sure. And I would say jogging 
is not a moral issue. I could find a reason to make jogging into a, into a moral issue. My partner thinks I'm too heavy or, or I'm unhealthy, so I should go jogging. But I don't think just jogging on an island alone is actually a moral issue. But I'll tell you how it eliminates social issues. Do you think that we could even have the debate about slavery if there's just one person in the universe? No, I mean, how do you, how you, because you wouldn't, I mean, obviously there would be specific things that scenarios that require multiple people that you wouldn't have if you didn't have the multiple people. But the point, the point here is that when you do have the community that, that you're talking about in, in this hypothetical, when that community is formed, as opposed to the person who's alone, that nothing really changes. I know you're saying that the, the jogging is immoral a lot, but then that's just, I, I don't, I, I don't see the difference in the sense that the way you're explaining what morality is even in cases that seem intuitively obvious really to all of us that, that we, so obviously there are cases that just seem obvious where there's a moral ought towards the other, right? But the point is that when you try to break that down and understand based on a person's worldview, what it means for there, there to be this normative fact in our, uh, you know, uh, experience, uh, from your perspective, you're telling me well, all, all what you said about biology and, and, and you know, uh, these, these conditional uh, uh, um, norms that you're putting forward on achieving a particular goal it's that like categorically like in terms of like the substance of it that's exactly the same as me having a goal to stay fit and exercising i mean it's 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 it obviously exercising doesn't seem something like uh, it's 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 like like inherently moral in the same way like you know giving charity or or being nice to people but then i'm just saying that if you're saying that giving charity being nice to people or whatever is you reduce that to the fact that there is this collective goal and in order to achieve the goal we must act in a certain way you're so you're reducing it to a desire and a means to achieve the desire so if the desire was different and and that's real people do have people do see the world in very different ways and 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 in many societies throughout history they they had uh, you know no hesitation whatsoever to uh, uh, have a common goal that today we find completely out of order. And the point is that you, you, when you reduce it to that, I don't see any difference between that scenario where you have a community and the scenario where a person is alone and he has a goal and a particular means to achieve the goal. It just seems like both are more. But then if you're, when you're saying that there's no moral fact there, it seems like there's something extra in the community. That, that, that's just a bit strange. But the, 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 the main issue here is I still don't understand what it is to say that this thing is moral. Because Amy, we don't want to just say it's okay to, you see, we have these intuitions about morality. We, we, do, we feel for people, we have empathy, all that stuff is true. But then when we start asking questions about, hey, is it really that, is, is it good to feel like this? And is that goodness anything beyond just my feeling, my the good feeling I have about it, right? Just just the fact that I feel good about it, so the fact that I, I I think it's right. I have this this sense of goodness. Um, if that's the case, then it's, it's going to be difficult to see how that moral disagreement uh, between us fallible agents, right? Uh, uh, um, and given the fact that, of course, we can't really access these moral facts in in, a way, in the same way we can access like right the, the laptop that's in front of me right now that is going to be a problem in the sense that wait, well how in the world do i know i'm right it's my intuition versus this person's with nothing really extra if we're if we're just gonna if we're going only off of that 
it's one intuition versus another that that's that's it that's that's that's, that's all you're going off of and 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 uh the point is that well this agreement in this situation uh, 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 maybe you can resolve it by saying, well, hey, I don't care about the disagreement because I have this line of, of reasoning that takes me to the fact that I'm objectively correct. But you're not providing that. You're not, you're, you're not, it seems like you can't say that because it seems like you're reducing your morality to this, you know, hypothetical norm, you know, uh, system where it just depends on what we want to do. It just depends on what we want to do. See, it's just my, my desire versus yours. And when you're talking about desires, to me, it just sounds like you're saying wish, wishful thinking, what you want, what you want to be instead of what is. When I say biology is the foundation of morality, uh, it, it has nothing to do with my feelings or opinions. It has nothing to do with people voting on it. It, 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 it just is because that seems to be its nature. I would love to know why, but like when we're dealing with ethical questions, it tends to be with agents, agents who have minds, who are able to speak and interact with one another. That part to me is objective. The problem comes in is that objective and subjective to me is not a true dichotomy. I view it as a objective and not objective, subjective and not subjective. And I believe that there are objective parts of morality and subjective parts of morality. And I believe that once you are able to foundationally uh, link it to what's actually going on, because if it's not agents, I would like to know what really is the foundation. I want to know what anchors our moral questions so that we can have an actual metric. Yeah, but Amy, yeah, I think I... you're sort of, not, you're, I don't think you're really answering the question. The, the issue, real issue is, is that is there something called moral realism? Does moral realism is there something that that can exist as morality and that has this existence, this ontology that's real, that's rational, yeah, that can be ascertained through some sort of rational, uh, objective approach? And even if we can't do that, like there's an epistemic problem. Do we still feel that there is something that is that has a moral existence a real existence it's not just something that we make up in our head because we come from a social cultural background or particular civilization but rather it really does exist now you're saying biology but you're not really explaining anything more than that biology that doesn't really explain anything i think that it does i would say it actually describes what is going on better no, because what you want to say is this. You want to say this. Like, I can turn around and I could say, well, it's biologically wrong to uh, harm yourself on this island on your own because as a as an organism, an organism seeks to thrive and survive as long as possible. So therefore, it would be immoral on that basis. Now, I could make an argument like that. I don't know who you could say that it would be immoral to your own cells, but your own biology. No, no, it's, yeah, but this this is the problem that what you're doing is you're so you're saying it's biology, and then you're saying it's not just biology. It's rather when different free willed agents interact with one another. So you're saying that suddenly when different free willed mm -hmm. agents interact with one another, that somehow this creates 
a objective moral fact about the world. I believe it creates the game that we are playing on. And but what what's the objective? What's what's the purpose of this game? Oh, well, to be frank, the purpose is like you were just talking about. It is to uh, gather food. So your cells, you see, they would, uh, uh, in a metaphorical sense, they do not want you to kill. But they don't know any better because they are not conscious. But the actual meaning of life is to eat. That's why our consciousness is actually here. We so so the the perp the moral objective. Well, not the moral of, objective of human beings. The the outcome is is ultimately to to eat to, to replenish ourselves. I would say that is the goal of our lives specifically as animals. Okay, so what? Why can't so then it would be immoral. For this lonely person on an island not to eat. I don't think it would be immoral for them to... There's no but other... It, that's why I'm saying it just seems time. a bit contradictory what you're saying. Is that you're saying that morality is in order to... Uh, for an organism to consume and, and live, as, live as long as possible. And therefore, you know, eat and consume, yeah? Energy. Uh, but on, this, on the other hand, you're saying that this thing called morality doesn't really exist until human beings interact with one another. Two multiple human beings. Two what? Sorry. Uh, two or more human beings. Yeah, so morality more, has to do with that, But on an individual basis, I'm saying the same thing applies. You have a willful moral. You have a willful individual who could make a choice to eat or not to eat. And you're saying that the moral choice of human beings is to eat, yeah, and that only exists when there's more than one human being. It just seems really strange but to that's me. That's not so. If two people are there and someone chooses not to eat, they choose to starve themselves. The harm is that they are actually going to cause the other person to go through panic attacks and all sorts of but then things. yeah but then amy your your position of morality has got nothing to do with eating or consuming your position of morality is how it affects other people well can, can you give me once again i'm trying to like can you give me a counter example of a social or a, a moral situation that well, I guess you would say killing yourself, but even that, you're saying that uh, harms God, which is another mind. No, it's not harming God. It's God's told you not to do it. It's harming yourself, isn't it? And it's immoral to harm yourself. But who yeah. is it immoral against? No, but it's not. You're, what you're trying to say is that morality is only, is contingent based upon how it affects other people. Now that, when you're saying that like that, that doesn't make morality objectively true that doesn't make give it its own ontology that just simply or a objective realistic realism ontology all it's simply saying is you do an action it harms another person that is bad now you've got a few things that you have to do firstly you have to say why that is bad harming other people is a real thing is something that is objectively 
true uh, must be true in all possible worlds if you want to use modal logic therefore it is immoral in all possible worlds to you have to demonstrate that second thing that you have to demonstrate um is uh, uh you know what harm means here in this context because somebody could just turn around and say really i don't care if i harm another person why should i bother i'm an individual i don't have any accountability to a higher power i doesn't make me feel happy to help other people out it might make you happy amy but it doesn't make me or another person happy so i just don't care i'm just going to live my own life and make do things that make me happy irrespective of how it affects other people but now you're asking why be moral and i still no, don't I'm understand asking, asking, how we can get morality without no, two agents even it's not, in a it's, theistic reality um, you need two agents for morality i so no, i don't understand how we get mora- away from morality without having more than one agent no i'm saying you have to explain to that person why he should care about and why it is important to be moral uh to help other people when that person says i don't care whether it harms me or not or i don't feel any harm if that person commits suicide i really don't care if the guy wants to jump off the bridge jump off the bridge but you're now asking why be moral or convince someone to be moral no convince somebody that your position is the moral position i literally cannot see any other way than it having a foundation in biology with our, which gives us after we get our two agents which gives us situational ethics i know it no, sounds but, like i'm being a broken what record. is it with the biology you, are you saying that we are biologically predisposed that if something harms one person the other person feels bad is that what you're so saying I'll, I'll give you an example can you imagine if people's hands grew back Do you think that we would be having the same philosophical questions? Do you think that people would be more open to the idea of cutting off people's hands if their hand came back? No, not really, no. You don't think so? You don't think if their hand came back, people would be like, okay, well, you cut my hand off and it sucks, but it's going to come back in like a month anyway. Not really, no. I disagree greatly. (laughs) Yeah, but I still don't... I still don't see how that has any impact. A better example that you would give is if you cut a person's hand off, it doesn't cause any pain and it grows back like your hair grows back. Would that be considered a punishment? Yeah. I mean, that is would also that... a valid question. I'll take right. that too. But then you could simply say there were punishments in the past where they used to shave people's heads off and beards off because it was a sign of humiliation and they sure. felt that. Well, and the so reason the, I, I just don't see how this discussion of biology gets you anywhere in this, you know, in in talking about morality. Again, going back to that point, you've got you're saying that it's not immoral for a person to commit suicide if he's alone on an island, but it is immoral if a person commits suicide because he hurts other people's feelings. Yeah, I, and I'm saying then what if that other person who uh, he's committing suicide and knows that he's committing suicide? He doesn't care whether the person commits suicide. It doesn't hurt his feelings at all. I would say that it is not immoral or moral. It is going against your prime directive, your goal, whatever you want to call it, of your body. But I don't think it is a moral decision because I view moral 
It's through a game theory sense. You are playing games with people. You're having interactions and you're either working against people for your own game, as in like a zero sum, or you are working together where there can be multiple winners, like where there are cooperative. And yeah, that I understand framework, that. But I think what you're doing, you're doing is you're not just saying situational or game theory doesn't tell you anything about morality. It just tells you a mechanism by which you interact. That's all it's telling you. Morality is talking about the outcomes by using that particular mechanism so to say well a zero-sum game would mean that some people win some people lose what's the winning here would be well-being and happiness what's the losing is lack of well-being and unhappiness yeah therefore in in that situation where it's moral to maximize well-being and happiness then a non-zero-sum game would be better than a zero-sum game yeah then that's that's an argument now yeah now you're now you're presenting an argument to say that well-being and happiness are a criteria to demonstrate that this is um morally true and then you can and then if you were to argue then say because biologically you know we function better based upon x x y z you know actions uh, and that gives us endorphin releases or whatever it is, then you've got an argument. But at the moment, you're not providing any particular argument for morality. You're just simply saying that, you know, this person on the on the island on his own, it, nobody knows about him, he commits suicide, that's just amoral. Uh, person, he's with other people, they don't care whether he commits suicide, he commits suicide, that's just amoral. A person who commits suicide with people who care, then that's you know you know who are upset by it then that's immoral then you know the logic of the argument would be if the person doesn't want to commit suicide but all the people around him want him to commit suicide then that's probably morally obliged to commit suicide there no because that would still be if he is a healthy person and everyone is trying to make someone commit suicide they are doing an immoral action they are trying to harm his biology yeah, but that you just said, isn't it? The guy can choose to harm his biology. It doesn't doesn't make it moral or immoral. But you're also talking about someone that to make them happy, they want to harm their biology, and so you are dealing with the one of the hardest situations that I think there are answers for. I just think that a lot of times it is in gray. I struggle to find who you are harming in that situation, other than yourself God or another no, person other than yourself you're harming yourself so if you mutilate that... your own body self-mutilation or if you're you know committing suicide you're harming yourself but it's a contradiction because the person he's getting a paper well-being from what so he gets yourself so he gets okay so he gets so he balances well-being above the pain of death or whatever it is or the, the lack of benefit so it just, it honestly, it just seems to me is, is a sort of a utilitarian approach towards morality. Yeah. Does it increase, maximize benefit and minimize harm? If it maximizes benefit, then that takes precedence over minimizing harm. And then even then, you, when you're talking about suicide and a person who commits suicide, then how are you measuring his well-being compared to his physical health? You know, it just seems really odd to me. I mean, even if we even if we get past the like the, the 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 this like normative part and say that well, okay, um, so you can say that something that let's say 
Um, I'm uh, pleasure well-being is should be used as uh, a basis for what we consider, uh, you know, moral or immoral. It, it still doesn't address the, the question I was answering. I mean, so so I mean, you could say that, but really, w what does that mean? And 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 it would go back to 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 the whole is all question, right? Which is like, well, I mean, there, there's a state of affairs that, you know, uh, in which people are 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 happy, right? And uh, whatever leads to that is considered morally good, right? I mean, th th that's just going to translate to we want to achieve that, and we should do what needs to be done in order to achieve it. And again, it just depends on the desire. Uh, and and I guess in that sense, what so what's true here, right? Well, what is true? So when, again, back to my question about things being true, regardless regardless of disagreement, there being like an in principle access to truth, or there being an actual fact of the matter, regardless of whether we know it or not, in light of disagreement, here, what, what really is true? So, so if, I, if I say it is immoral, more murder is immoral, and you say uh, murder is not immoral. Well, let's say I say it is not immoral, you say it is immoral, just, just, so, I don't, just so you're not uncomfortable with that. And then, well, is, there, is, there, is there one of us who's right and wrong here? Is there is that is that the case? In fact, I I said this earlier through the stream that it's, it seems like moral disagreement kind of like assumes that there is a, a fact of the matter. Because why would we disagree? I say no, this is right. You say no, that's right. Normally we do that in let's say like things that like um, in the objective world, like the chair in the room, we're arguing that there is a fact of the matter, right? Now, the, the question is, can we do that? Can, can, can we say that there really is an objective fact of the matter here? If, if we translate your understanding of what it is to be good or what it is to be not good as simply, I desire Y, I desire X, so I do Y, right? And I'm saying, no, I desire A, so I do B. And what's with the, there's not, there's, so there isn't the, the moral disagreement here becomes like really trivialized in the sense that yeah fine I'll, I'll do my thing and you do yours in that sense it's it's there's really no no one no one's right here i don't think it is uh as simple as either more relativism either i do not think that it's anyone's just opinion we've been talking a lot about normative laws i don't think that it's just about norms i think there are truth claims found across many different cultures that other cultures just haven't discovered yet. And so it may feel awkward to them, and yet they are true. Uh, yeah, but Jamie, you have to explain why they are true, on what basis are they true. And I think Abdurrahman's made the point, which is that even if you want to say that this thing causes greater happiness, you still then have to demonstrate that causing greater happiness is morally the right thing to do. Just saying it's biology doesn't tell you anything about, like, for example, is it if we evolved the, like the black widow spider, yeah, mm -hmm. to eat the mate, yeah, uh, of, you know, like the black widow spider, would that now be the moral thing to do, you know, or is moral, is something moral, something which we would see as sort of, you know, independent of human minds, yeah, something that exists independent of us as a true fact.
It would depend on the organisms involved. You know, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. It may happen one day, billions of years from now, where the praying mantis evolves to where like the females consciously make decisions not to eat the male heads off. There are all sorts of uh, ifs based on what the actual organism is. And I would actually like to ask, because it's been going back to desire, is there a reason that something is moral beyond God's desire? God's desire. Um, so right now you're asking that if, like on a theistic view, it's just merely God's desire. So that's going to be God's desire versus your desire. That is what it seems like we are saying right now. I disagree. I yeah. don't think it's on my desire. Nonetheless, I do want to ask, and if it was a loaded question, I'll just reframe it. Is this based on God? No, it's a good desire? question. No, it's a good question. No, no, I'm not saying, I don't think it's a loaded question, but then I, I don't think, I don't think you should, um, sorry, I don't think you showed that it is anything beyond your desire. I guess that's because we've been talking for a while and I, I, I am saying it is reducible to this hypothetical norm, right? Where, you have a situation that if such and such wants to be is to be achieved, then a certain action should be done. Well, that's just dependent on the conditional, right? Well, if you want to do it or you don't want to do it. But and, how is that and, different and, or from is yeah, so, so I'm gonna bring that okay. So so I'm gonna bring that to God right now. Now this is where this is where it this is the whole whole question, and we addressed this in the beginning of, of the of the stream, right? We said, okay. well, the word objective and subjective, they can be used in many ways here, and it can be a bit, uh, can be a bit tricky and confusing, right? So, so, so when you say some people use objective in the sense that it is unchanging, right? Some people by objective, that's what they mean, that it's, it's not going to change. I, I don't think that's a correct usage. Uh, but then also, if you, if by objective, you mean mind independent, as in it can exist independent of a mind, then, well, Apart from the fact that we don't think um, anything can exist independent of God, then no, then well, in that sense, it is subjective in the sense that it's coming from the subject. However, uh, it, it, is, it is objective in relation to human subjectivity. So we can say we have an objective authority, an objective foundation that's external to our fallibilist. That's why I mentioned the word fallibilist earlier, our fallibilist human intellects and the way we, uh, uh, you know, approach these questions and the very limited epistemic access we have to whatever normative facts really are, uh, this source transcends that, even though it's a subject, but then the word calling it subjectives comes, comes with a cer certain connotation in the sense that, well, hey, it's just his opinion, but no, but you're talking about uh, uh, the ideal epistemic agent, <laughs> the the infallible foundation of reality. And some subjectivist views, even like some non-theistic subjectivist views, they avoid change by positing what we call a ideal observer theory, which in which you say, well, well, there's this ideal observer, this ideal rational agent. And that ideal rational agent can settle the dispute, right? But then the question is really, uh, uh, um, pragmatically speaking, that that's just a hypothetical because pragmatically speaking, it's not going to solve much because what does that ideal rational agent look like? And 
there are going to be a lot of questions about the nature of goodness and right and wrong. We're going to, we're going to address the same questions. But the point is, just hypothetically, you, a subjectivist can think of that, can think uh, in that way, that there could be this ideal observer that has unlimited epistemic access to normative facts about reality. And this ideal epistemic agent is what settles the difference in, the, in this moral disagreement that we have. Now, uh, for God, God is, from the theistic perspective, of course, from our Muslim understanding of God, God is infallible. God God knows all things. There, in fact, there is nothing that exists that God hasn't created or that God doesn't know. So God is the an infallible agent, and he has access to everything, he has epistemic access to everything. He's not fallible. So God, uh, uh, you know, God grounding these objective normative facts would be similar to what, uh, you know, in certain philosophical discussions, we say when God grounds necessary truths and necessary propositions and mathematical facts and stuff like that, because both you and I are contingent. Our thoughts are fleeting. When we think of propositions and we both relate to an idea or a thought, we're relating to this concept that is independent of both of us, because if we both can relate to it, then it's just it's not just in your head and in mind. There's something we're relating to. So uh, uh, God uh, uh, grounds that on certain understandings and given certain arguments and, and discussions in, 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 uh, in philosophy. Uh, I mean, it can be argued for, of course, there are objections and stuff. But the point is that you, you would have this foundational necessary grounds for necessary normative facts. So if, if you... You want to say no humans ever existed. How can it be the case that there is something that's truly normative about the world? This normativity seems to be something that's just inherently mental. It's of the mind. It seems like value judgments and like value itself is something that's purely of agents. Now, how can it be the case that if humans never existed or if contingent beings generally that, that, that are agents never existed, including aliens and everything, is there any kind of necessary foundational value and normativity to the world? Well, I guess you'd need a foundational mind for that. A mind that knows everything and that grounds all truths and all normative facts. So I, I can appreciate that. At the, at the very beginning, it's you kind of sounded like me, I will say, because it sounded like you were trying to have an objective foundation and then you were kind of bringing it into human subjectivity. I believe that is what I am doing when I say that biology and specifically when agents are dealing with each other, it is and will be morality and ethics even after I die. I think that you separated that when you started to talk about infallibility, which is something that would just get into the, the classic atheist versus theist uh, debate, which is a discussion for another time. But I understand what you mean by how that would Yeah, but I, but I mentioned it to you, Amy, if you recall, when I said... Um... When I said that, okay, well, the disagreement doesn't have to matter. Well, if you have this way where you say that, like, like if you take a Kantian approach and you say that, well, through, you know, pure practical reason, as he calls it, like, you know, not pure reason or practical reason, the combination of pure practical reason, Kant takes this con constructivist approach where, you know, he tries to argue for, for 
you know, our not just epistemic access, but the necessity of normative, uh, of, of moral uh, uh, facts uh, as like categorical imperatives. Uh, he, he, he provides that. What I was saying was that, well, you can, the disagreement doesn't have to m- mean much. I mean, we, you can have disagreement and still be right in the sense that, yeah. well, we have philosophical disagreement. You believe God doesn't exist. I believe God exists. I mean, I don't care about the disagreement. I believe I'm right because I believe I have a rational path towards God. And I believe that the opposing position has several problems. So, but the problem here is if we're going to say that in the case of morality, that somebody, people have moral disagreements and one is right and the other is wrong. When I ask you, why are you right? And why am I wrong? You reduce that to uh, natural facts or desires, goals, things like that, which, so I can just parody that and wait, why? I mean, just, just so if, if, if it is dependent on that, I want to understand what is true when you make a moral judgment. Well, what is true is that, well, you have a goal and there's a way to achieve the goal. That's, so the, the normative ought there or the value judgment it becomes something that we can't really settle. It's just, it's not something that doesn't seem like it's settleable. It's, it's, it seems like, again, the whole ice cream thing. So I like chocolate ice cream and somebody else likes raspberry ice cream. You know what I'm saying? So you can overcome it if, if you provide something, which is what I've been asking for. I agree with you that if, if it was completely subjective, and I do know a lot of atheists who will go by the relativist label. I know a lot will go by the moral realist. I think that there is a happy medium because I really do think that you need a foundation, but once that foundation is set, it is going to get a little more subjective. Nonetheless, you should be able to navigate for the most part. Doesn't mean there's going to be difficult questions. I saw someone uh, talking about euthanasia and uh, other sorts of hard questions. When we go to the extremes, there is always going to be gray areas. I think that under a methodological naturalist viewpoint and even a theistic viewpoint. I think there are ways to understand moral and ethical questions when looking at through the lens of social situations, which is once again, where situational ethics comes in. I do want to say guys, I actually have to go, but yeah, this appreciate great, it. and I would love to do more. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank, thank you so much. It was great, Amy. I really appreciate having you on, and uh, please do join in future streams. Thanks mm-hmm. a lot. Sounds good. Have a great night, guys, or morning. <laughs> yep, morning for me. <laughs> Take care. Sharif. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum So, government, I think we should uh, potentially. Yeah, okay. Okay, guys, Jazakumullah uh, khair for joining everybody. And um, yeah, is <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm the one who's ending, but uh, Sharif, do you want to say anything, future podcasts or anything to do with that? Uh, uh, well, obviously, as, I, uh, as we mentioned, we're going to have that special tap podcast in the new year um, where we all sat together, Abdurrahman. <laughs> uh yeah yeah uh hopefully hopefully <laughs> you've not yeah, asked you why the have you that's what it is uh no no no. it's the whole it's the whole uh, vaccination thing i don't know if it's required i, no, I, I haven't yes, gotten no. it yet but i think in the for the uk it's required right uh possibly possibly but yeah yeah but yeah it'd be good okay. if you come down because then uh you know i'm sure lots of brothers out there would love to meet you and uh 
you know, make it an opportunity for people in the UK to come meet Jake, um, Yusuf, Abdurrahman, inshallah, if he can come over through the vaccination. Uh, so that'd be really good. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I think that today's stream's been uh, very informative. I think uh, just as a quick point, people critique Islam based upon a moral view, um, but don't really have not really thought about. Oh wait, 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 wait! Sorry, Sharif, Sharif, Yahya's here. I'm so sorry, Yahya. I swear to God, I didn't see that you're here. Salam alaikum, Yahya. I thought you slept, man. Uh, Yahya, alaikum. I'm so sorry. Yeah, he's. You've been waiting for so long, man. I'm sorry. I didn't. I I completely <laughs> just blanked out there. I'm sorry. It's really late here. It's later here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> anyway, uh, I had some things I wanted to talk about. It, 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 close the chat. It's fine. We can we can talk about it sometime later. No problem. Sure. No, okay. <laughs> okay, we'll talk to you soon, inshallah. But you can end with us. So 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 yeah. So Sharif, you were saying something. Were you in the middle of? Yeah, I was just I just mentioned the point about how when when we hear people critique Islam based upon certain moral claims about some of the rules of Islam, I think um, I think what we what we're trying to show in the stream is that you have to have a detailed understanding of morality and be able to ground your morality as some sort of objective or realist position uh, and defend that position and then uh, claim that therefore Islam contradicts it. I think hopefully, inshallah, in the show that people are aware that, you know, people may want to perceive themselves as being moral agents and want to seek morality. But I think without revelation, to be honest, to be quite frank, um, without Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling us and guiding us, we're just going to be scratching at the dark as to what is considered moral and immoral and try to exemplify the correct moral character, with uh, which would be incorrect, because ultimately we need that guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Jazakallah khair. Inshallah, we will uh, see you guys later. Uh, uh, inshallah. Episode, inshallah. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, take care, everybody. Assalamu alaikum.